Michael Barth, another George. Hi, Hi Michael. How are you doing? Thanks for coming in. Everything all right? I just came from the podiatrist. Yeah, I got something wrong with my foot. I got a little gangrene. They're probably going to have to amputate. <laughs> Any questions? Uh, yeah, well, what are we looking at here? I mean, is this guy like a real loser? No, not a loser. Uh, let's start with the second scene. You have it there? Yeah. Okay. A man gave me a you know, massage. <laughs> so? Uh, well, he, uh, he had his hands, you know, and uh, he was... Uh, he was what? Well, he was, you know, he was... Touching and rubbing. <laughs> That's a massage. I think it moved. dong you remember that old east song no definitely not not playing with my dong we're sitting here fully dressed already you're just jumping into this thing it was an old east song song from the before i was even like born, the 60s so i don't know how it's accusatory towards my actions when i'm sitting over here pristine and morality and yeah. uh, just disgusted frankly by what you're bringing to the table here it's a week after week sir it's an oldies godforsaken song podcast. It was made by yeah, old, old people white men in old times. Fucking disgusting old white men who I've had enough of. If, uh, if you ask me, I keep it's, here and there the devil. It's time, it's time that we, you know, we move on from old white men here. They, they maybe not ran the world great. Uh, maybe like a lesbian, Asian, gender binary people. Put them in charge. Let's see what happens. Bet the world would get better. What do you think? I don't know. I just, it's a shame. It's a shame that we're being, you know, we're wasting away our twilight years on just one of the worst periods in white male history. Oh, these are twilight years already? I think so. We already gone to those? I mean, it feels like it, but I was hoping, like, maybe, like, no. What do you think you're making it to? I mean, Twilight even sounds better, I guess, than what's going on. Because Twilight's like you get some like beautiful, like twinkling, yeah. of the, 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 yeah. like the sun as it goes down. You get some of those like yeah. burnt, like pink colors in the yeah. air. Oh, that reminds We've me. We've got of nothing that. but just gray, yeah. just nothing but gray for months. It reminds me of that other oldies song. Oh yeah, you got Don't one? let your sun no. go down on no, me. That's not. That's, not, what's that's up? not right either. That's definitely not a thing that goes on. That was an oldies song. What do, what radio stations have you been listening oh, to? Oh, all of them mostly. You get just you stream all these on internet radio. Delilah only Delilah. plays light rock that uh, soothes Delilah. the soul. Does she do like uh, inspirational interstitials all year round, or is that only during the holiday season when they're playing all uh, Christmas music? No, I think she's all. Is it like summertime and they're playing like Barry Manilow, and she's like, "Oh, I've got somebody right now who wants to send a little." Letter out to her sister, who has always been there for her ever yeah. since their mother died. Yeah, that's their whole show. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's depressing. Who could listen to that all year long? Uh, that would really just that would just drag me through the muck of just human emotion, fucking quagmire. I feel like it's, it's I like would that, not like that. It's like that classic Casey Kasem tape. Where he's like, "Oh, there's, uh, yeah, we're, we'll do it live." Is pretty that, much, is that what it? Yeah. he's yelling about 
every time and I get these notes about some kid and his fucking dying dog. <laughs> okay, I like yeah. that. I like, I like to know that Casey Kasem was yeah. at the end of his rope with all this fucking bullshit he, he had to spew. He didn't like the transition the sometimes. Airwaves. No, you know? why would you? It'd just be like, hey, <laughs> coming up next to the Buckinghams with kind of a drag. Yeah. That should be the whole fucking show. You got to talk to people? That's draining, right. man. I can tell you, as somebody who talks to people mm-hmm. for a living, I know you do it too, man. End of the day, yeah. you don't want to talk to anybody anymore. Once you've done it for yeah. a living all day long, fucking lock me away, I throw away the key. want to talk. People are, about people are awful. But anyways, uh, back to this thing yeah. where we just talk to each other right. uh, yeah. as a thing yeah. for God knows what goddamn reason. I don't know. Whose idea you was know, it to start this thing again? Uh, the communists. We relitigated this. I don't, I don't know. Who's, who's Putin to blame gave here? gave us a large check to Somebody get this started. Somebody is to blame here, and I don't remember To confuse who, the who Americans the is, as he started a secret war Yeah. Uh, against Spider-Man. That guy, not very good at keeping secrets, as it turns out. No? Yeah, chemical attacks and bodies in the streets, like that shit. Oh. Uh, people spread that around pretty quickly. Mm, bodies in the streets. Buddy out up. Smart. All those oldies songs. Is that songs, classic you know? yet? Is that an oldies yet? Oh, right yeah. There? yeah. Oh, oh gonna, man. Mm. They're playing like Soundgarden on the drive. I mean, uh, you know, very apropos of the movie we're talking about today, because I feel like that if that did not show up on the soundtrack, it would have been well at home next to everything else we we're listening to. Man, today here on the, uh, on this the is what a is podcast. It? It's the Baby Oil and Blow Show. Beep. Should put a slide whistle there. No, you did though. Okay. with your mouth. It was great. You yeah. kind of become the Michael Saving Winslow of podcasting. Right? A lot of people have been telling me. Yeah, it's like you know that podcast guy that you yeah. do podcasts with, and I'm like. Uh, which one? And they're like, the one the who's one. all like Michael Winslow, right. but like on podcasts. I'm like, oh, you mean Matt? They all like yeah. my classic. That's what I say to people, uh, Jimi Hendrix routine. I do, you know. Oh, you make some like guitar noises with your mouth, or no, no, no. I just do. Just, like, it's, pull it's, out a huge black dong. No, with no, some no. tight bell bottoms. It's mostly this, just me. Like, <laughs> it's just him choking on his. That was your mama Cass. That's no, that's a ham sandwich. Oh, do do that one. That's that, more. That's different. That's what? a. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I get what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little gurgle. I should pay more attention when you're pulling out all your. Bits. I got so much material. I just heard man. your bits so many times. So much Sometimes material. I like zone out. I know it's yeah. like new to other people. Yeah. Into it, but it's, you know, yeah, it happens. Known each though. other a long time, so. Yeah, as you alluded to, <laughs> I am one half the host. I am Matt. Oh, with me as always. You, sir, are the tackleberry to my uh, fucking uh, high tower. <laughs> sure, you are <laughs> Nate Adams. Oh, hoy, hoy, everybody! Uh, yeah. Definitely, neither of us are funny enough to be Mahoney. So I'm no, glad you didn't. You didn't yeah. try to put that on. No. We can't live up to those sort of expectations. Yeah. If anything, whatsoever, we're that's for we're sure. Probably more so like. Uh, uh, Dave Spade and Bobcat Goldthwait and Citizens on Patrol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Patrol. Okay. Goldthwait. So had not seen that it. one in a lot of years. Mm-hmm. You're telling me David Spade is in uh, Police Academy for Citizens on Patrol? Yeah, I think so. Or 
Was he one of the earlier ones? I don't know. He's yeah, in, I don't know he's if, he, if he was in that. That he's would be a revelation to me. Uh, I feel like I watched each one of those at least three times in the mm, 1980s when I was Spade a child. But I did not know who David Spade was at the time, of course. Oh, no. Because he had not yet become yeah. a global superstar doing right. uh, Netflix originals such as sure. like uh, The Wrong Missy or Father of the Year. Yeah. Or, did, you, uh, did you finish that one? Oh, yeah, I finished that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's delightful. I just... I really like the Massachusetts accent he does throughout yeah. throughout the film. It's, uh, it's a real mess. Sandler esque, yeah. I'd right. say. He, well, he learned uh, from yeah, the best, fucking you know? for sure. I, well, I mean, he had he had the man probably on set one or two days throughout the production, like uh, filling his role of executive producer, right. Right. whatever the fuck he does on those Happy Madison productions that he doesn't actually show up uh, during. You know, hey, uh, calling back to the start of the show. Speaking mm-hmm. of dongs, Ooh, okay, you watched sure. that? Uh, you watched that Minx show yet? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me uh, that is it cake show, like where they just cut into gigantic is. dongs and like sometimes it's a dong and it bleeds everywhere, but sometimes it's just like oh, an intricately show. decorated cake yeah. and it's like, oh yeah. my God, that gig- that right. huge dong was just cake. I couldn't believe it. From executive I was producer looking at it, Lorena Bobbitt. And I thought it was a dong the whole was, time. Nope. Turns out it was just cake, cake. is what it was. That's crazy. <laughs> couldn't believe it when I yeah. saw it. I thought the no. What the fuck is Minx? It's the new Jake Johnson show on HBO. Oh, I love to support Jake Johnson. Yeah. Uh, just while bartending last night, had a young lady tell me that I reminded her of Jake Johnson. However, uh, it took a good twelve minutes of tedious uh, pulling yeah. uh, things out of her to get who she was trying to tell you me know. that I reminded her of, even though I didn't care who I Is thought that you were. Uh, yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. She she yeah. almost had. Yeah. The names of a lot of titles of things he was in, but not really. So it was like that one where it was the one where. And I was Look, like, "This is all great. I've got drink tickets coming out of the printer over there. It's it's going to be a real tragedy for me to tear myself away from you for a few minutes yeah. and go make those. Like, if you so sorry, so if you sorry. see her again, let her know that he's got a new show on oh, HBO. Yeah, these people are in and out of my brain. I never remember. He's, I never who any of them are. He's a smut peddler that starts a playgirl type magazine. With some feminist. Good news for Shawn Michaels. And uh, it's just full of uh, dicks and titties. Dicks and titties. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sounds pretty good. To You'll me. love it. Kind of like that HBO show Euphoria. It's all about no. like teenage kids fucking. I don't think it but is. Then it's just like all it's just boring bunch of nudity. Instead. Is it I've nudity heard, in there? Oh, more so than anything from oh, what wow. I've heard. And huh. Sounds pretty disturbing. Zendaya ain't getting naked, just though. Just seems like a bunch of What's the point? mentally disturbed uh, teenage kids yeah. just getting naked and fucking in explicit ways. And kids somehow, are... in this cultural climate, they're like, yeah, we like that, HBO. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is what we're into right now. Like, And shame on you, kids. Like, I like that there's like some kind of sexual awakening going mm-hmm. on with the younger mm-hmm. kids these oh. days. But loving it, man! Loving it. Y'all are making sex kind of lame. You're oh, not even oh, cool at in that. In what way? Yeah, I want to. It's all just weird and uh, too much weird Japanese yeah. stuff. Because that's been my complaints for years. But uh, I don't even know if that's a relevant complaint still these it's days. Just all milk toast and oh, I don't. know. I thought everything was too much. Just like there's uh, no, it's there's no in between. Panty shots and tentacles. Like yeah. uh, I don't. What do we, I don't care what's going on. It's in like weird, weird Japanese cartoons or video games. Has been weird my, muted club drug sex or like girls want to show up with too like, far the other way. I don't know. Little mousier like us. Oh, mousier like headbands on. Yeah. And like like crossing their eyes and sticking their tongue out. That's and I'm a like, big thing. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't care for that. That's, I don't know what that is. That's not doing anything for me you or, or anybody you, as far as I'm concerned. Or O-W-O. I don't know what either one of those oh, means. Oh, no, thank you. It's, That's an internet thing, though, when for, it's related to sounds that. Sounds for some sort of new sort of, yeah. uh, you know, global... Uh, Cross-eyed tongue out's a cobra. thing, though. Yeah, it sounds like cobra or just like, uh, I don't know, uh, hydra or any one of those... Yeah. Uh, comic book bad guy groups yeah. it could be either those the yeah, uwu or yeah. the owo yeah I just like, i don't like any of it yeah reintroduce passion oh the kids got none of it like the you're talking like the uh mid 90s erotic thriller slow-mo sex scene with like slow pans up a up like yeah. a thigh yeah to like some, maybe some glistening sweat on a shoulder there's clearly some saxophone music playing during all of this. Despite what their bodies are showing you, there's no way any pleasure is being derived from what they're doing. No, you know? it's just weird as hell. Like, yeah. Anybody in that situation in real yeah. life would be like, why are we doing yeah. this? This is just... Why is he like slamming his belly button into her vagina like These that? These people must be on a lot of drugs. It's not lined up good. I think. These people yeah. just must be on a lot of drugs. We're all on drugs. Matt, uh, we've been doing a podcast about action movies, yeah, as it turns for a little, out, for, for a, a while little, now. little tour-free uh, fucking weeks here right yeah. now. This is the second one. Uh, second. April anniversaries is April the versary. theme of the month. You know yeah. how we do it. Themes of the Happy fucking April month Versary. is what we always fucking do here on the podcast. And, right. Uh, we got a... A couple, couple days late this one's coming out, but, you know, nobody's keeping track here. It's loosey-goosey over at Baby Oil and Blow We Studios. do what we can, you know, it's, still it's not much. the same week, technically, so let's get into it here. Uh, first let's week, we had a uh, big 35-year anniversary of a Chuck Norris movie that mm-hmm. we watched. A it really good one. Just, uh, now we've got a, a 25-year anniversary, so we're coming That's more contemporary. As, it's not as long. We're yeah. coming contemporary on your fucking asses. Uh-oh. You ready to talk about some, like, modern fucking shit going on right here I, I know we're usually stuck in the 80s stuck in the 70s not right now we might get into some woke ass shit right here. maybe get into the rundown of the podcast uh this week the the movie that we're talking about this week uh the rundown is going to be Whoa! brought to us by uh who makes air horns is there an air horn mm. company i don't know this uh, probably uh this this week it's going to be brought to us by uh <clears throat> uh, who do I like that does things for Easter? Oh, nobody, because Easter is clearly the worst holiday. What are people like eating hams? That's not good. Easter candy, gross. The the Reese's peanut butter egg is pretty solid. Reese's peanut re- butter egg ratio. is a great fucking ratio. It's yeah. pr- maybe. I mean, they sort of just like uh, rode the coattails of it and redid it for the mm-hmm. Reese's uh, Halloween pumpkin, yeah. but it's the same deal. But yes, Reese's peanut butter egg yeah. is the best thing that you're going to have probably this week Jesus and next going on around. Dead. Uh, Jesus no is more birthday. dead, and uh, we're you all know, sad, so. but if you got one of those Reese's peanut butter eggs yeah. and you're just eating it and you're just like, you know what? This is a better ratio, peanut butter to chocolate, than yeah. the normal Reese's peanut butter cup. I I'm really enjoying this. It, that's that's a solid choice. It pairs well with the brand new Metallica whiskey. Mm-hmm, it's absolutely. an American black whiskey. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> What's no, they a said black that. Whiskey. It's, they try they to pull that, that shit for though. rum. It just means yeah. that they pour a bunch of 
gross like food coloring right. in it to make it look black and it's like well, why would i want it to be black i i don't i didn't think that i did because give me fuel give me fire give me that what you desire oh the rundown is of 1997's 25 years ago gross point blank <laughs> matt this is a film with a runtime of 107 minutes that's not uh, bad it's getting up there it's, it's getting up there it's we like bad, to keep it at 90 this is a full 17 minutes above this is Starting to get a little egregious. A little maybe you're gonna you're gonna have to give me some good shit, maybe, to be getting that far past ninety minutes. Uh, budget of this film, uh, cool, fifteen million dollars. Huh. Gross by all accounts, thirty-one million dollars. So a modest hit. A modest hit mm-hmm. is what went mm-hmm. on here. People people went out to see this in little date movie, huh? Little this is they used to make fifteen million dollar movies. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have to have everyone in the world go out to see it to mm-hmm. turn a profit. Maybe you no. could just you know, turn a few people on, they liked yeah. it, and then maybe they'd tell a friend and they'd rent it on DVD later. I don't know. There's money to make that way. There used to be multiple ways to make money in this industry. They're acting like you can't do that shit anymore. Nate, movies used to be short enough where people didn't have to check their phones in the God audience. Damn it. God damn it. I. Well, I, we're, we're living back in those days. We're back in the anniversary, so mm. good, good. I want to relive those, those golden years. Go Throw it back to another... Oldie, another Goldie. golden oldie. Rotten Tomatoes has this one sitting at eighty-one percent. Mm. Pretty, uh, mm. pr- pretty, pretty well reviewed. Lofty. Uh, Cinema score, solid but not great. B. So this is similar, I guess, if you're going by percent wise. Uh, yeah. This is similar to uh, what right. the uh, critics think about it. The people think about it. Uh, let's get into the people behind this. Uh, the creative force behind this. Mm. Number one, the director. George Armitage uh, directed this film. George A. He's a guy uh, responsible for a little Chris Christopherson, Jan Michael Vincent exploitation flick called Vigilante Force mm-hmm. from the late 70s. A uh, guy uh, behind a little Alec Baldwin cop movie I've never seen called Miami Blues. Miami Blues. Maybe like earlier in the early 90s. I don't know. Uh, you ever seen Miami Blues? No, I remember it being out, though. Yeah, it might be good. I, might, I don't want to watch that movie after. We'll get into it after we talk about this one a little bit mm. more. Um, also made an ensemble con artist movie I've never heard of called The Big Bounce. Oh. It has uh, Owen Wilson... Charlie Sheen, Morgan Freeman, and Gary Sinise. Mm. That's a weird cast. It's a big bounce. For a that movie I've never familiar. heard of. Not to me. That never cast heard does. of that shit. Never heard of that shit. Bounce. I wonder what that one's about. Uh, writer of this film. Oh, uh, also we should point out mm-hmm. that George Armitage, good friends with Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. That makes some sense why he wrote this Tarantino-esque, I would call it, uh, picture we're about to talk about. But I do want to talk about the writer of this film, Thomas Anthony Jankowicz, because it seems like mm. this is a guy who like uh, sold this spec script after just like uh, you know writing it about like his hometown and people he knew from high school and blah blah blah. So a lot yeah. of like his real life built into this. So a lot of the personality of this movie seemingly coming from this fucking dude right here who okay. sold this script, uh, and then. So you know, continued maybe to try to write things, but only sold one more script after this. Oh. About like an average guy who got caught in a 1970s kung fu movie, and that one sold, but then was never actually produced. Okay. And then he maybe did some script doctoring work, but never had anything else made, and now he's dead. 
Oh. Which seems weird to me. Like, this seems like well, uh, they should make that would have been one of those, like, that, big huh? things. Like, uh, oh, this guy wrote that movie, and then people really liked it, and it was fun, and he got a lot more work. It's Turns out that he's dead. that's Hollywood, baby. Sometimes you can yeah. just write a movie everybody likes, and then uh, nobody yeah. wants to give you another job, and yeah. then you die. Those are people who died. Yeah, they're friends of mine. Yeah. Stars of this film, Matt. Yeah. Number one, Johnny Cusack. Mm. John C. is in this movie as Martin Blank, uh, an an international hitman. Cat looked familiar. Yeah, because that's because we saw him as a U.S. Marshal in the movie Con Air, if you remember. did? You might remember all the people who I find insufferable loving him as a self-important record store owner in High Fidelity. Mm. Uh, Delightful as a young man playing a kickboxing and Diane Court enthusiast, uh, Lloyd Dauber in Say Anything. Big fan of Say Anything. I'm it's more got, of a better off dead guy. It's got Fraser Crane's dad in it, Martin Crane. Yeah, oh, I'm more of a better time. off dead guy. Better off dead's a lot of fun. Um, it's got that French no argument there. Also, he played uh, bank robber Simon Keller in the straight-to-VOD Thomas Jane co-starring flick Drive Hard. Have you seen Ooh, that one? No, Where he's I don't a think bank so. robber who... Uh, uh, I think uh, blackmails Thomas Jane, and a oh. former race car driver, into being his getaway driver. That sounds pretty cool. It does sound pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Something I'm going to check out soon. I'm Maybe sure. we'll do like a VOD All Stars month. Oh, interesting. Interesting. People slumming it. People who should be doing better slumming it. Or maybe we should just do a whole month of all of uh, Nick Cage's video on demand action movies he did. Doing a. Now that he's out of it. The last 10 years of Nick Cage's. I mean, we already watched a lot of them. In my personal life, yeah. We could do that one where he tracks down the the future Jaguar on a boat. Oh, that Jaguar looks very good, Matt. There's a lot of great special effects in that film. We can watch that sweet action movie where he mm-hmm. and uh, Elijah Wood are bank robber cops. Who else remember? would you want to rob a bank with yeah. other than Elijah Wood? That one was Wood. delightful. Perfect. That scene with the tequila and the lime mm-hmm. and the Tabasco. Yeah. They put in the coconut the and they drank it all up. Yeah. I remember it oh, like it was, it was yesterday. Minnie Driver is in this film, Matt. Yeah, she had a big head, huh? Is Debbie Newberry. Um, she was kind of chubbier in earlier films and then lost some weight yeah. and then sort of had a bobblehead at this point. Yeah. So sometimes you can't win, I guess. But she's a quirky high school sweetheart of yeah. Martin Blank, as it turns out. Um, she a British bird? Yeah, she's a British bird. Uh, that's why dating? it was, uh, she, she played a hilariously, uh, hilarious to pronounce, uh, okay. uh, what was her name? Skylar Satinstein in mm. Goodwill Hunting. Oh. Say that with a Boston accent. That's that's the most annoying. Skylar Skylar Satinstein. That's the worst name you could possibly say in a with a Boston accent. Why would they name the character that in Goodwill Hunting? I never, man, I never watched that. movie. Oh, you should watch it. It's delightful. Uh, ben and Matt just chemistry for days. Oh. Robin Williams is a sad old man. You could tell he was going to hang himself yeah. or whatever he did. I never, I never cared. Uh, for Matt, this I, I remember you remember uh, her mini driver as Karen, opposite Christian Slater in the movie Hard Rain. Karen, how many times have you seen Hard Rain in your life? <sighs> I know I've seen it once. I, mean, I think I've seen it count. once, but I don't remember what it was or what no. it was about for sure. Ted's probably seen it. Yeah, he could probably tell us more. <laughs> Big Slater guy. Also, she was uh, the character Carol Martinez in the movie Sleepers. Carol. Where Kevin Bacon rapes little boys. I always uh, like to bring it up when anybody was in the movie Slippers, right. where Kevin Bacon creepily yeah. raped little boys, because yeah. that's a movie that'll put some trauma on you when you watch that fucking That's thing. a fun one to throw out, like, oh yeah, well, wasn't he in uh, Sleepers with Kevin Bacon where he rapes all those little boys? 
Oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I saw it. People, Alan Arkin, man. People saw it. They know they saw Big it. Big favorite of ours. Big Alan favorite Arkin. actor of ours. That's how he talks. Uh, it's always good. Yeah. It's always good. He's playing Dr. Oatman, yeah. a neurotic Jewish psychiatrist. Uh-huh. Uh, we saw him as a cop in Freebie and the Bean. He's a cop. Uh, you might remember his PV, Peabody in the movie The Rocketeer. Sure do. Very memorable as a police captain in So I Married an Axe Murderer. Very much Love so. his work there. Love his work there. Uh, he was, uh, of course, of course, Ernie Lazaro in The Jerky Boys, colon, the mm. movie. Yeah. Maybe his the, the peak of his uh, career at that point. Then the nadir, he got a bunch your of... pants down and tie you up to a tree oh. and then... Fill a tennis ball machine full of boiled potatoes and shoot them up your ass. Give me that sizzle chest, <laughs> milky nipples. Geniuses. These guys became multi-millionaires. Yeah. Oh, they, you think so? Oh, yeah. You think they're living in big houses still, oh, they, or you think they spent they all that money? They had at least they spent all that jerky piece. boy's money? Uh, the Indian guy, yes. Can I still but, get my hands on that jerky boy's money? But, uh, duh, you know, duh, fucking Frank Rizzo, he's doing good, because oh. he's doing voices on The Family Guy. Perfect for yeah. him. That sounds a perfect job for him. Either way, you remember when he was in Little Miss Sunshine and won all those awards or whatever? Yeah. People were like, hey, Little Miss Sunshine, yeah. that's a movie we care right. about. People yeah. are going to be talking about that 10 years from now, yeah. right? Right? We're, we're, Not really. Which performance really. is more transcendent to oh, you? Oh, transcendent. Steve Carey. performances are transcendent. Steve Carey. Steve Carell in Little Miss Sunshine? Oh, never forget or the Steve work he did Carell there. Steve Carell in Dan in Real Life? Mm. Remember when he was laying on that stack of pancakes cool. on the poster? Gotta say, he's just like I'm having troubles gotta living. Say that's hard. That's a, a hard pick, but uh, damn, in real life for sure. Yeah. Transcend pancakes. That's yeah. Transcends cinema right there. Yeah, I think Dave was a big fan of that one. It makes sense to me that yeah. uh, he would have seen that film because I think he, he, there was like you know the signs like you got to be this tall to get on the roller coaster. Yeah. I remember outside of that. There was like you, you got to be this, this white to get yeah. inside of the theater right here, and sense. they turned me away at the door. Yeah, Un- unfortunately, I never got to see that. He one. got in though. They've got right, right in, in there. Just right in. Joan Cusack is in this film mm-hmm. as Marcella Martin mm-hmm. Blank's secretary. She's great in everything. You remember her as seducing Fester Adams in Adams Family Values? Oh yeah, that's, uh, a, that's maybe a her greatest role of all time in a really great film. Uh, she probably made hey, a billion dollars, you, I would assume, you, hey, voicing the character of Jesse in all the Toy Story movies. Oh yeah, and I like thinking about that and thinking about how rich she probably is just for yeah. doing easy fucking work sure, on those movies because. Before that, she did a lot of great work, kind of unsung, I think. And then just cashed those Toy Story checks. Cashed them, cashed them. Uh, very memorably, uh, appeared in HBO. She's, she played pegging enthusiast Sheila Jackson on Shameless. Yeah. A delightfully dirty TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, she strapped on a dildo in multiple episodes, from what I remember. Mm. Most importantly, though, uh, she did Talking Toy Story. I was talking about her, the other side of her toy career. Mm. She played the character Alsatia Zevo in the infamous oh. Weird as Fuck Robin Williams Bomb Toys. Oh. So we're going to throw some praise at. Uh, Goodwill Hunting a little bit. Oh. I guess we gotta throw some shade at toys. Remember when he made that weird piece of shit? Why did anybody think that people wanted that movie? I don't know. LL Cool J was in it, but he wasn't even playing somebody who was trying to write like a romantic thriller yeah. novel. So it was like, I don't get it. He didn't even have a parrot that like it was does, his best friend. So it was like, he even what? Li- you're, you're wasting LL Cool J. Does he even lick his lips in that movie? Maybe once or twice, but that's definitely ba- like, not that's enough. Barely. Definitely not enough. Yeah. Matt. Mm-hmm. Daniel Aykroyd. 
Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Danny Ack. Somebody might know it. Is in this film yeah. as Gracer? Grocer? It doesn't matter. Grocer? Grocer point blank. He's an elder statesman hitman. Mm-hmm. Fucking uh, professional assassin. Yeah. He's playing a real Tom Skaronsky type oh, here. Oh, man. He's uh, the creator of one of the best cartoons of all time, the real Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. He was Reverend Mike Weber in the Home Improvement mm-hmm. Talk about it. Soul Man. Soul Man. I know you're Hell a big yeah. fan of that one. Uh, he was Danny Mikulski in five episodes of According to Jim. Oh, yeah. Which was another show you're a big fan oh, of. Oh, yeah. This guy did a lot of great TV work. That out. chemistry between Jim and Andy. Oh, uh-huh. my goodness. Had to have been. That's a friendship right yeah, there. Yeah, had to have been uh, transcendent. I it would was. It was. Uh, oh, speaking of the small screen, he also took the small screen to the big screen when he played Sergeant Dro- Joe Friday in the beloved big screen adaptation of Dragnet. Yeah, with Tommy Hanks. Oh, uh, yeah. For those two together, dream team. Thomas, I have AIDS Hanks. He uh, played some dads later in his career. He was Veda Saltonfuss' sure. dad, My Girl. Yeah. He was uh, Britney Spears' dad in the Britney Spears movie Crossroads. Oh, that's right. I uh, forgot. Very importantly to me, he played the character Mother. He was also a mother yeah. in the uh, espionage thriller Sneakers, which I'm a no, big fan of. it's pronounced big Spies fan Like of. Us. Big fan of. Also, maybe most importantly, uh, you probably remember his fire captain Phineas Tucker in mm. the excellent uh, mm-hmm. Happy Madison production, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Yeah, he was in that. Which is very sensitive to gay rights issues. Right. At the same time as being hilarious. Right. So we appreciate that movie here, that film here. That movie uh, had the, was that Jessica Beale? Is that the one uh, that uh, fucking uh, Timberlake was banging or yeah, still is? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. The one with the, the real round ass? Is she, that what we're talking thank about? Thank you. Okay. Yeah, yeah sure, I didn't sure. understand yeah, okay, what the sure, appeal sure. was, and then I saw that movie. That real round ass? And was like, got, my dragging me goodness. Out. I didn't know British birds could have a caboose like that. I don't think she's British. Is she from a different land? I don't know. I just assume they all are. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, speaking of somebody who can uh, play as if from any different land. Yeah. Hank Azaria is in this yeah. film, Matt. Well, uh, he can't. Famed vocal artist he, Hank Azaria. He can't play like he's from a certain land anymore. Ooh, what are you talking about? I've heard him just like pull off pretty much any accent. Like, it's really good. Like, a uh, UK accent. Uh, sometimes he'll play maybe like an Indian whoa, man. Whoa, whoa, and he's whoa. really good at it. Whoa, don't make me say White folks got offended and he can't do the voice of oh. Mo the bartender anymore. Oh, that's unfortunate. I thought it was a stereotype yeah, against um, white bartenders like yourself. We saw him as the guy watching Vince, <laughs> Vincent Hanna. TV and Heat, big role for him right oh, there. Uh, he maybe offensively now that you're speaking it wore a yeah. turban as the fork throwing blue Raja and Mystery Men. You know that that one never comes into question. <laughs> That's true. People are just like yeah. cancel Mystery yeah. Men. No, somehow it never comes up. Why? Holy Why? shit! He was in that with fucking what's his nuts who gets railed in the ass. From Joan Cusack mm-hmm. and that fucking mm-hmm. despicable show. Shameless. Yeah. It's all coming full circle. Oh, you want to talk about uh, maybe this guy's a little bit offensive? Maybe we need to cancel him? Maybe we should look at the time he played the racist cop who arrested Will and Carlton for being black kids driving a nice car in season one, episode six of The French Prince, mm. Mistaken Identity, mm. when they only got out of jail when mm. Uncle Phil came in and raised his voice and was like, yeah. do you know who I am? I'm a judge, motherfuckers. Motherfucker. Ah. And then he was all like, good, very sorry, thank you, come again. Also, I know you say you got canceled for yeah. 
playing the character of Moses right. like on The Simpsons, but yeah. we should still say that he voices one of the best uh, fictional characters of all time. Carl, as well. Carl! Nobody's ever like, oh, he can't play a black guy. Oh, that's true. He, he fucking, is Carl. What the fuck? He can be Carl? What, mm. what the fuck, people out there? Yeah. I mean, he does a really good Carl. Also, he was Jay Nichols, the uh, work friend of Herman on the short-lived uh, Herman's Fox, Head. Uh, yeah, TV show Herman's Head. That was a good show. <laughs> really good show. It's yeah. a really good show. Yeah. There's he's, there's people in his head. Yeah, he's playing a government spook in this yeah. uh, movie. He's got a partner mm-hmm. played by K. Todd Freeman. Kenneth McCullers' his partner. He, he, and I know this because mm. I'm a big fan, he plays a real cool vampire type in Buffy oh, the Vampire sure. Slayer. He's Mr. Trick, the uh, right hand that. to uh, the principal in season three of Buffy. I could have said the name, but I didn't want to show off to the, those that don't follow the series. Also, you might remember him when we saw him as Dutton in Eraser. You've just been that? Eraser. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I tried to discover. He apparently played the character Jerome Griffin on the Dangerous Minds TV series. Do you remember them making a TV series out of Dangerous Minds? Because I don't. Jerome Griffin was just what Peter was calling himself when he had to go back to his you kid's high school. You remember that time when I had yeah. to go to an inner yeah. city high school? <laughs> you get it. Also, he was uh, the voice, uh, or maybe, yeah, probably played live action. Uh, mad scientist turned human fly Baxter Stockman in the 2014 Ninja Turtles. Mm. I don't remember if he actually got to turn into the fly in that one or not. 2014 Ninja Turtles. That's Baxter uh, Stockman was a big uh, favorite character of mine when I was a kid. No, Baxter Stockman turns into the fly in the second one when he's played by Medea. Oh, that's a shame that he didn't get to or turn Medea the plays fly. him in one of them. I just watched the 2007 animated Turtles the other oh, night. Oh, wow. How, how did that treat you? It's got its moments. Okay. You get a Chris Evans as a Casey Jones. Wow. Uh, there's some wow. good voice acting. Why, they there. couldn't have got Casey Jones to play Casey Jones? Oh, no, he wasn't available. That's a shame. Yeah. The last time I checked, he wasn't doing much these days. Elias Coteus? Yeah, give me a call, buddy. We'll put you on the podcast, at least. Greek Easter's not for like another week, I don't think. He's got time. Jeremy Piven. Matt. (sighs) Close personal friend of mine. He's in this film as Paul Spericki. Just a townie. Yeah. He's like sort of a townie. Yeah. We saw him as fast talker Ray Cochran in Judgment Night. Yeah. We saw him as the veterinarian who patches up Val Kilmer in Heat. Jeremy Piven is now a triple Get crown winner on Baby and Blow. Fucking, oh, God, beyond fucking uh, time. He finally got some sort of accolades on this podcast. Didn't we Man, like you such a dumpster? long and fucking lustrous. Yeah, I got out. I got out. Yeah, that's right. Jeez. Uh, he played Super Senior Draws in one of the movies I've seen you more than any one. other movie ever, thanks to its constant rotation on Comedy Central in the early 2000s, PCU. Also, he appeared as himself to host the August 3rd, 2009 episode of Monday Night Raw, where he appeared oh, alongside Dr. Yeah. Ken Yong, who was dressed as a cartoonish pimp hilariously. Uh, he then attacked That's, John Cena yeah. during his match with The Miz, yeah. which led to uh, Ken Yong getting thrown over the top rope, uh-huh. uh, who, and he was caught poorly by The Miz's cronies, mm-hmm. wherein he uh, hit the back of his head against the concrete very yeah. hard. And you I can remember see gifts of it just over and over yeah. again. John Cena throwing Ken Jong over the top rope. Like a lawn dart. Just smacking the back of his head against the concrete. And you're like, oh, that guy's really annoying and never funny. Like jong like really nice, dart. It's really nice to watch him get his ass jonged all the way to the fucking floor by John Cena. If you recall, could see that, the two wonderful. of them were there uh-huh. to pimp Jeremy Piven's starring role in the hit film 
the goods. Oh, oh, Jeremy Piven. You remember no. where he and Ken Jong were no, selling used cars or something? Uh, stay tuned. We'll probably have to talk about that one on the podcast. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> You're yeah. the one. You're the one, huh? Yeah. Matt, I just want to throw uh, some uh, fucking accolades onto one more person who shows in this film. Oh, and shout out to that time, Jeremy Piven, those Playboy Playmates, uh, Space Hog, and I went to that Hawks game to check out those two up-and-coming rookies, Kane and Taves. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that happens several times, I believe. Fucking, I remember we don't like and Piven happened. Yeah. There was like Pivs. a six-month period where you and Piven were hanging out. I, it was fucked up, though, when oh, I started oh, losing yeah? my hair and he got his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how does that work? I don't know. Yeah, I got to talk to him strange. about it. He's looking very young these days. Yeah, Good for him. looks great. Benny Erkides is in this film. Yeah, Benny the Jet. Felix La Poubelle. Hell yeah, he Benny is. Benny the Jet, a terrifying French assassin in this film. Right. A professional kickboxer and fight choreographer in real life. Got a record of 64-0-2. That's a good record, man. With 54 knockouts. Also, uh, pretty big accolades, but maybe something bigger going to happen now because we what? saw him as... Uh, one of the car dealership scene goons in Roadhouse. Oh, no. We saw him as a thug in Tango and Cash. He's oh, now a shit. triple crown winner on Baby Owen Blow. Fuck that 64-0-2 fucking record. This Man. Is, somebody send that man a plaque. This is... This is a, yeah. crowning achievement he's right been here. undefeated in kickboxing in his class for 27 years it's the also, longest undefeated and bad podcast nobody listens to yeah it's the longest amazing. reigning just amazing undefeated streak in professional sports Tag he also line. wrestled in new japan pro wrestling oh really yeah hmm interesting back in 89 tagline of this film even a hitman deserves a second shot Mm, I see. See yeah, what they did there. I don't. I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it. Hmm? Plot of this film. Let's see why it sums okay. it up. Let's make sure what's happening here. Martin Blank is a hitman for hire. <clears throat> when he starts to develop a conscience, he botches a couple of routine jobs. What? On the advice of his secretary and his psychiatrist, he decides to attend his ten-year high school reunion in Gross Point. Michigan. That's the rundown of Gross Point Blank here. Let's get into the next segment of the podcast that we call Bullet Points. It's where we dig through our notes. We talk about all the things that jumped out at us as we were watching the film. Matt, what was your first bullet point as you were watching Gross Point Blank? Remember when uh, Space Hog almost told Joan Cusack to shut the fuck up? No, that's a, that's a mm. story that slipped by me over the years. When, when did he come across Joan Cusack? Well, he had to go to the... He was working the job he is now doing weird production shit. Yeah. And he and Classic this, opportunity to offend important people. Yeah. Well, he and this guy that he works with had to go pick up somebody These from the airport idiots. to take him to the event they were going to. Where were they coming from? O'Hare or Midway? Uh, I think it was O'Hare. And he wasn't paying attention to who the hell was in the car behind him. Mm-hmm. And he says... You know, they're heading down the fucking highway, and she just keeps talking and talking. Oh, She's that's like, a it used to be much road. different back here. And he was just about to be like, hey, lady, shut the fuck up, when he turned around and realized, oh, we picked up Joan Cusack. Yeah, the fucking Chicago royalty. Yeah. There would have been egg on his face. Well, his brother is also a big name in Chicago. Oh, yeah, Thomas so Shytown, knew, everybody knows that. Yeah, he knew he couldn't everybody do anything then. There was mm-hmm. a, a, you know, truce. Uh, so, yeah, we started off pretty strongly with I Can See Clearly over the soundtrack. It's just like, oh, this is delightful. This is going to be a good time for us. 
Continue strong with Joan Cusack, casually talking about like ordering bullets. Uh-huh. You just hear her voice just being like, oh, he's fucking... You're fucking like, oh, I'm I'm not one of these weird nerds who writes IMDb, so I'm not going to rattle mm-hmm. off a bunch of names of like uh, military grade bullets mm-hmm. right she now. That's, that's buying, what she's doing right here. She was just buying a nine millimeter ammunition from Uzi what I remember. Nine millimeter bullets. Uzi nine millimeter. Anyway, she's just making casual chit chat about dumb stuff while John Cusack, her real life brother, yes. but, uh, employer, and mm-hmm. so he's just casually killing a person. He's like uh, fucking yeah. sniping some guy uh, out, out for a jog right here. Yeah. This is setting up this uh, whole tone of this movie. We're taking a very casual attitude towards violence. I'm, I'm it's glad you said it. about the fast-talking dialogue. And, I got, I got yeah. a note right here. It what says, you got right here? It says, this movie really makes killing fun. That's right. This is very post-Tarantino. And, yeah. like, you can just... You're going to make a fast-talking movie about, like, screwball yeah. dialogue and relationships, but there's got to be guns and killing in it because mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction came out a few years before this, and that's what everybody's doing now. What are you gonna make a late '90s movie that doesn't have a bunch of guns and killing in it, and also quirky dialogue? No, that would be stupid. Who would go see that? Nobody. Nobody would go see. Ben Affleck tried making a couple of those movies in the early aughts. Yeah, and people were like, egg on his face, fucking scrambled eggs. Payday, make payday again or GTFO? What is a J Lo to do? Oh, they're gonna make another movie together after uh, they made one together last time and nobody liked it and it ruined both their careers for a while. And then they had to break up together. Oh, yeah, they did do two uh, together and they both were gigantic figures. Well, you gotta, although Jersey Girl nobody paid attention to or cared about, Jiggly was the one everybody was like. No, no, thank you. Right. Uh, we'd like the two of you to break up and also go to movie jail for a while. But Jersey Girl was the more offensive of the two, being the romantic comedy. From what that I Kevin remember, Jersey Girl was yeah. a worse movie than Jiggly, yeah. who I thought was uh, un. Jewy Girls, that's a over, good movie. Overrated movie as yeah. far as how bad it was. And there's at least like one very, very good scene where J-Lo's like doing something sexy in a hotel room, mm. like down on the floor. And Jiggly? Yeah, so that's yeah. just worth watching. What's that one she did with uh, fucking, uh, fucking George Clooney? Oh, she did that one. They're like uh, in Steven Soderbergh's These Two in the Back yeah, of a Trunk of a Car it? movie. Hey. That one's all right, but not as good as that one yeah. where she played a stripper who robs people in recent years. She sh- she shows almost that whole ass in that movie, Matt. It's Almost that whole entire ass. <clears throat> she shows a lot of skin in that uh, fucking The Neighbor Boy movie, too. Oh, that that's a hot that one, huh? That Delight the Boy Next Door. And of course, don't the, get me started. The underwear shot. Do you want to do a three hour podcast on The Boy Next Door right now? Me completely with no notes, like, because yeah. I, I could do that. Hey, right, Nathan, right quit right playing now. with the old dong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't need to go in that direction no. right here. Um, so uh, he's up here killing people. But yeah, I do think they do end the trilogy just like the before, mm-hmm. after, yeah, sure. whatever sunset trilogy. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they owe it to us. They, they need ben to. Ben and Jennifer. Just uh, 12 yeah. years later, yeah. where's their relationship gone? Yeah. Uh, Ackroyd turns out was creeping in the background of this. Right. He's dressed as a bellhop outside right. of this hotel where he was. Cusack was sniping people. Bing, 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 bing. Popcorn. 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 Yeah. He's got this thing he does, which is great, where he just always has two pistols and he unloads every single bullet yeah. in both pistols for no reason and then throws yeah. them on the ground. 
Fucking loving it. It's, it's cool. Loving that it's sugar. A thing. It's a cool thing that Dan Avery does. It's a calling card. All the good ones have them. Cusack's like, what What the hell's going on here, man? I was just supposed to snipe one guy. Why is fucking Dan Aykroyd showing up sniping yeah. all or fucking blowing away yeah. at close range? All the other guys around him. This is just, I mean, over my head as far as this fucking thing goes. Let me drive off to the edge of town and get on the fucking horn with my secretary and see what's happening. Oh, no. Dan Aykroyd's called me up. Yeah. He's pulling up to me in his fucking car. He knows yeah. where I am. This guy's got me fucking... He's got my number, this man. He's he's an old hat at this. Although, mm. he's playing, uh, you know, more of a Tommy Shytown type well, character. He's got, he's got one of those, looks those like, like a windbreaker-esque, yeah. but like more hefty dad coats yeah. on, for sure. Yeah. He's... He's looking very lame, very inconspicuous. His, his dynamic here, though, with mm-hmm. the Johnny Cusack, mm-hmm. it's very Matt and Dave. Oh, oh, yeah? Very much so. You're identifying here? As the Dan Aykroyd. As the Dan Aykroyd character? Anytime he like says anything or moves his hands and gesticulates, like Cusack's just like flinching and like doesn't trust saying shit. Dave's a, you, your younger brother is a, is a John Cusack type? Uh, yeah. Never, 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 never no. pegged that here, but... Uh, well, you know... He's not as cool. <laughs> no, no, that goes without saying. Yeah. We know that for sure. Yeah. And you definitely, you're not as cool as Ackroyd, other, because uh, right. Ackroyd's one of the best. Right. He's one of the best of all time. Right. We I can got, all agree about I've that. I've got a Cusack base level coolness, but not a damn. Yeah, Aykroyd yeah, level. yeah. I, I could get yeah. on board but with I that. I can't honk on the Bobo sure. like yeah. that. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> few fucking could. Yeah. You know, the way he just uh, can stand next to a John Goodman and uh, oh. just, uh, just. Oh, Big Mac? Yeah, just. You're just talking fucking about fucking Big Mac? Stand right next to him. From Blues two Brothers 2000? Two fucking pillars right there in Blues Brothers 2000. He's not getting eaten alive by that other icon. I like right I liked the kid in that Blues Brothers 2000, but if you ask me, mm-hmm. that movie could have used one of those spy kids. There's somebody precocious, I think. Yeah. A little more precociousness yeah. in that film. It would have been a four stars. Yeah. Hit me up, Roger Ebert, if you, you agree. Get it. Beyond the grave, I don't know. Get a Ouija board gun or something. Either way. Uh, that's him going, <laughs> woo. You don't think he gets his jaw his... back in the afterlife? Don't you don't think that's how it works? I feel like his jaw is its own ghost. Oh, yeah. Two ghosts? That makes ghost. sense to me. Ackroyd's all like, hey, man, uh, I'm trying to set up this Hitman's Union. We're all going to work together and have this little society thing going on. Sounds like a good idea to me. Fucking Cusack's Martin Blank is like, yeah, I don't really understand. And I'm all just like, uh, hello, John Wick. Did you steal the entire idea of your movie from Dan Ackroyd's character in Gross Point Blank? Because it's starting to sound like it to me. Yes. Starting to sound like maybe... right. Keanu Reeves needs to start sending some checks Ackroyd's way. Like, right. sorry for stealing your whole fucking gimmick and making a big trilogy of action films about it. Unless, like, this new... Aren't they doing, like, a show based off of John... or? John Wick. It better be starring Dan Aykroyd's right? character Grocer. About or, how he um, just fucking super pissed. Got the not. cartel or Legion or whatever their if group's Grocer called. isn't hanging out with that fucking uh, fucking Al Swearingen. with uh, Al Swearingen and, and uh, uh, the dude the from the chief wire. from the wire. Yeah. I'm going to be fucking pissed. Yeah, Daniels and fucking Swearingen and right. fucking Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, but these two together, just uh, this is I talk about this being a throwback to like screwball comedies of the classic era of Hollywood. Yeah. These two trading dialogue yeah. is just gold right here. Fucking it is good. Martin Blank just like, oh, you're gonna be my fucking father figure right here. Ackroyd's like, oh, you want to be a father? I'm gonna give you a spanking. Spankin', yeah. It's like they're like a couple of Gilmore girls right they here, are. just throwing it back and forth. Yeah. It's like, are these two the Gilmore girls? Is what I was asking myself as I was watching this fucking thing Could right be. here. <laughs> 
this fucking very His Girl Friday, which, as we all know, just a film that ripped off the Joe Friday. Girls. Yeah, fucking. Oh yeah, he's he's our Joe Friday. Yeah, that's for sure. More Joan Cusack after this. Yeah, uh, she's you calling got him. To. She's, she's introducing the idea that uh, he's maybe in crisis mode and like uh, hasn't yeah. been the same lately. Maybe he's slipping. Maybe he's in a weird mental state. Well, also, he indicates to her over the phone mm-hmm. that he's got some kind of moral code yeah. he's operating yeah. also, off. Also, maybe a too. little ennui. I yeah. don't know. Slipping in. Maybe some of that French ennui. He's dressed in all black like a French people. Je dis, like, France, like, France. Exactly what I was thinking. But she's also pushing the idea that, uh, hey, man, your 10-year high school reunion's coming yeah. up. Like, I really think you should go. Yeah, she talks like that. It's kind of hard to listen to yeah. her talk but also like at the same time very engaging to listen right. to her talk yeah she's just like a unique screen presence that i'm never 100 percent how i feel yeah. about it but i'm always like give me more give me more cusack she's like taking a shot of malort she's uh, a <laughs> yeah. chicago's own just like uh you love it you hate it it's uh it's uniquely something chicago that's i prefer sure. the malort yeah, ooh. but she's a pure exposition machine in this movie. She just always shows really up every is. once in a while to be like, "Here's a bunch of dialogue telling you where on. you're going or how you feel or what you need she's to be doing or what's on. next." And this should be very clunky and bad that there's a character that just does this, and it should not work at all, and it should be annoying. But, but because it's Joan Cusack, on. and we just love to see her, and she is fucking on. She's, she's fucking uh, on, bro. She's fucking on. It's 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 good. She makes it work, and she she makes the movie better, and she makes it move faster than it would otherwise. What? Uh, she was in a movie with uh with the Cameron Diaz. Oh wow! Where they're like sisters. I could see those two tearing shit up together. Yeah. A little little Cammy D. That girl. Yeah. If I've if I know anything, and I've seen a bad teacher, I know she yeah. can uh, deliver some comedic right. dialogue uh, with with the best of them. That's, just, that's for damn sure. Just think about how hot she However, is in the mask. I have no idea what movie you're talking about. That does not sound yeah. like something that really exists. That sounds fake as fuck. Joan Cusack's got, like, kids, and she's got it together, and then, like, Cameron Diaz is the sister, and she's a fucking loser. Yeah, that makes sense. Know. Cameron Diaz, believable loser on screen yeah. for sure. She's a hot loser. Uh, next uh, next scene is like a bedtime assassination. Martin mm-hmm. Blank's like killing some guy, so he like drills in through the ceiling of yeah. his bedroom. I always thought this was a real cool fucking assassination fucking way to kill somebody. I know I brought it kid. up on the show here before. It's an awesome kill. You just drip this like long thread do, down through a, a little hole. Do they do this kill in Leon as well? Mm, or am I just interesting. I haven't seen that one in a long time. Uh, might be something similar in there. Yeah. I'd have to get back you on this, but he's going to drip some poison down the length of this long thread right into this guy's just wide open fucking you know caveman mouth as he's mm. sleeping and I'm just like perfect way to kill somebody genius yeah except that it doesn't work the guy no. turns his head last right second. last second drips on his face he wakes up and is like yeah. what the fuck is somebody fucking standing over me dribbling pre-cum on my yeah. face what's going on right. what's going on here so I guess it's not a good way to kill people. No. Like, Putin probably would have just, like, had this guy just, like, jabbed in an airport, in a crowded airport. He would have been dead six hours later. Yeah. Like, it's probably a cleaner way to do it. We should probably look to Putin when it comes to better ways to kill people. Well, this was 97, so this was just right yeah, after. Yeah, Putin was only exploding apartment buildings and killing his yeah. own citizens and then blaming it on assassins so that he could uh, shore up power at this point. Right. So, yeah. Whole- Didn't quite get to that subtle stabbing people with well, uh, poisonous things in the don't forget, though, like in the United States, this is 97 and we're just coming off the heels 
of people getting stabbed with needles in public mm-hmm. places oh, with that yeah. note that needles? Yeah, 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 sure. Ha, you know, right. welcome to the world of AIDS. That's right. Yeah. You remember that? Oh, that happened to three 90s. of my cousins yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. It was a... that wasn't the cousin that got uh, hit by the homie the clown, right? No, no, okay. no, Ooh. no, no. That's a different That's cousin. Different cousin. It's the oh, one who nice. broke his leg yeah. jumping off the top of our grandparents' barn. That's probably just a real story. Oh. Oh, we weren't. Yeah, I thought we were yeah. telling real stories. Yeah, they really happened. They really, uh, really happened. Which, I'd like to meet that cousin. Oh no, you wouldn't. I'll tell you what. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Uh, to uh, either way, Martin Blanks. Is there, is there a third one? Uh, no. Oh, me and me and my two meathead cousins. You yeah. know, have uh, I think eighteen other first cousins. You don't want to meet these people, you Matt. Gotta take me to. You don't want to meet these people. Sorts. I don't think any of them really yeah. show up anymore. Everybody's either in prison or taking care of their six kids. Except for that one. You know I shoot birds at the airport. <laughs> you know how it goes. Uh, uh. So, as Martin Blake's guy, like, oh shit, that didn't work. Now I got to run downstairs and kick open this guy's bedroom yeah. door and just shoot him with a gun. And he does. He does. After the guy begs yeah. for his life, and Martin Blake's like, hey man. You know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't choose to do this. Yes. I'm just here doing a job, man. Yeah. Just fucking here doing my job. Just a clerk. Uh, back at the office, the uh, Joan Cusack is now here in person. And I wrote, "Why is she wearing a Sergeant Pepper's coat? She's just a complete madman in literally yeah. every movie she shows up in." And uh, then uh, Cusack calls her uh, Sergeant Pepper. No, oh, does he? Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I was probably writing it's the one note, of thinking I was so yeah. clever while I was yeah. writing it down uh, in my little notes, and then it was just a thing the movie set up. She as says a joke something, right and then John Cusack goes, "Thank you, Sergeant Pepper." Oh, so there's scrambled eggs all over my face right there. It uh, turns out I'm I'm no Cusack. What's a boy that was? Yeah, uh, but either way, she's like, "Listen, man, you fucked up that last job. It was yeah. supposed to not be like a blatant killing. It's supposed to look like a, some sort of natural death. So you got to do one for free." Mm-hmm. And anyways, ooh, look at this. We got a job right here. You got to do in Detroit, Michigan, the, the Motor, Motor City. City. Yeah. It's you got to fucking kill Ted Nugent. And no, oh no, that, no. that wasn't what it was. It couldn't be. Oh, thank God. You got to kill yeah. Kid Rock. Uh, people, no. People want his head. Fucking. Ball with the ball hadn't even dropped yet. Good news is, very close to Gross Point, Michigan, where your 10-year yeah. reunion we've previously established is. I think you, should, you could do both in the same weekend. What do, you, what do you think, Mr. Cusack? Do we got a movie or do we got a movie, man? Yeah. I think so. Remember when you thought we were going to be able to knock this one out in like a, yeah, an hour and a half done. really quick? We're, we're just getting into the plot of the film. And we're we're, like, we're getting, we're getting The rest, right though, now. just fucking... Yeah, just going to fucking sail. Shoots by. going to sail right through you this just wait. shit right you, you just wait. If there's anything we're great at, it's fucking brevity. I'll tell you that. Hell yeah, right bro. For fucking shit sure. down. We've been doing this long enough. Intro of Dr. Oatman. Yeah. My next fucking bullet point right here. He's Goes at his psychiatrist's street. office. Played by Alan Alda, yep. who's hilarious. And no, just, Alan uh, Arkin. Alan, I'm sorry. Yeah. Fucking Alan, Alan, Alan Arkin. Different Jew. Different, different Jew. Yeah. That's, ooh, yeah. Very. I didn't say that. That wasn't a racist thing. I just did. No. Uh, either, either way. You uh, said it, not me. Uh, he's, he's playing Dr. Oatman, who's uh, unwillingly treating the Stone Codes. Plus, Jew's religion, not a race. He didn't say anything uh, racist. Uh, tell that to, just to the Germans. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Stone Cold oh, no. Killer here. He's very afraid of him. Very nebbishy around him. He doesn't want to be treating this guy, but he's being forced to. Uh, which made me say, uh, "Hello, 
Sopranos? Did you totally rip off the entire concept of your TV show from this fucking movie right here? I know a lot about the Sopranos, and they did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, James Gandolfini, you want to start maybe sending right. some royalty checks to... Is he big pussy? Yes. <laughs> nice. Was... Nice. There was a little pussy and a big pussy. Big Pussy was one of those big, fat Italian character actors. Yeah. I almost remembered uh, the guy who actually played him was, but uh, yeah. I don't know. But we saw the guy who, or the, the lady who played his wife last week I, in uh, that Chuck Norris movie. Nate, which I, is weird. I tell you what, you make caricatures of people's nationalities in movies mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. days, and everybody uh, cries. No. It's an outrage. Out it's an outrage. It's an outrage. And then you make the stupidest caricature of HBO. all about the Italians, and they're the only race out there being like, Prestige "That's us! Television. Hell yeah! Prestige. That's fucking cool!" Yeah, fucking. Uh, it's like they're moral, all. Well, they're all making fun of you. Don't they? Kid, this don't they get it? Story. I think like maybe you yeah. misjudged the Italians. They might be the coolest people out there. I'm, I'm still sure. thinking they're not real people. Either way, great little exchanges between these two. Fucking. Cusack? Yeah. Great chemistry with his sister, of course. Sure. Great chemistry already sure. with Aykroyd, who's seen it. Him fucking here, just with Dr. Oban? Yeah. Like, they're fucking it, throwing it back and forth right yeah. here. Uh, great dialogue exchanges. A lot of it clearly loosely scripted. They're just riffing, man. I read mm-hmm. that Mr. Armitage oh, essentially George. shot three films at the same time. Wow. They did uh, a porno, uh, a very buttoned down by the books oh, uh, shoot of every scene. No, who would want? And no, then they would do uh, a little playful oh, reshot kind of, yeah, of every yeah, scene. Definitely. And then that. they would just do a third completely improvisational jazz, you know. We're doing jazz out here, baby. Either way, uh, they really made me laugh with that uh, little inter- interaction where uh, Cusack was just like, uh, you act like a psychiatrist. Ask me how I feel. She was like, all right, how do you feel? He's like, I'm feeling uneasy, man. Yeah. And Cusack, I've never thought of somebody who like could pop me with like comedy, comedic timing, but it was very Jeff Bridges, his uh, delivery there, right there. And He's good. He's hilarious this is maybe my Better favorite, Off Dead. This is maybe my favorite Cusack role, I think, in this film right here. Uh, he's good in the Better Off Dead. I like him to say anything. I find him to be unlikable in a lot of stuff where his character is supposed to be the likable guy. Yeah, and I can I'm, see I, that. I'm always kind of just like, no, like you're... You're trying to be likable, but yeah. you're off-putting. I don't, re- I don't really like what you're doing. He was the counterculture cutie that they kind of rolled out yeah, there in yeah. the 80s. I think, yeah, I think like... girls like him more than I do, for sure. Yeah. Which I don't understand, because I'm always into a good hunk, man. Sure. Like, anytime there's sure. a good hunk, I'm usually on board for that. But he's not that. He just kind of looks he's like... He's not very hunky. Not very hunky. Fucking looks like a attractive Joe Strummer more so than oh, anything yeah. else. Yeah, that doesn't not sound cool. good to me either, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, he also drops here that he's been having uh, reoccurring dreams about Debbie. Deb. To which Arkin's just like, oh, that girl you're obsessed with? That girl you're obsessed with? And we, so he's got a great dynamic. We're yeah. learning more about the plot here. We've learned he's got a, a, a lost love of the past. That's sure probably does. come back here. Sure does, man. Uh, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm in heaven. Like, I could watch these two trade dialogue forever. But then it's like, Maybe we should get some more Dan Aykroyd in the movie, though. So I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that. I'll Let's I'll follow you on that one movie. He learns that he just lost a job to Martin Blank. Yeah. Uh, he's like, fuck, he snaked the Detroit job out from yeah. under me? And I'm like, oh, oh, this Detroit. That's where the reunion's happening. Yeah. We got escalating stakes right here in yeah. this plot. 
We got a revenge plot happening. Uh, fucking shit's about to pop off. Boom! Soundtrack hits us with the Violent Femmes. Bing, 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 bang, popcorn. Gotta, popcorn. You gotta hear the Violent Femmes playing over that shit. We are in Gross Point, Michigan. Yeah. Which, from what I understand, from everything we see in this movie, seems to be a very rich suburb of Detroit. I tell you what, I got... a lot of rich white people here. I got uh, that same fucking Violent Femmes album mm-hmm. yeah. at an uh, antique store sure. in Michigan. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting connection right here, yeah. for sure. Clean copy for like 12 bucks. Oh, wow. Great that deal. thing plays nice. That thing oh, plays nice. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I had that yeah. thing uh, back in the day on a compact disc format. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Played yeah. that thing till the wheels fell off, man. Yeah. Played that thing till the wheels fell off. Would you say you like American music? Uh, yeah, I would say that I like American music, baby. Huh. Uh, enter the, the government spooks. Yeah. Hank Azaria and Mr. Trick are here. Right. We learned that they have business with Martin Whoop Blank. that trick. <laughs> We're going to whoop that trick eventually mm-hmm. in this film, definitely. Uh, these two have a real who's on first dynamic. Everybody's yeah. throwing dialogue back and forth. They're arguing about whether or not Mr. Trick has met Martin Blank or not. They're nice, like, oh, you know, just nice yeah, casting. I yeah, I met him. I remember him. Blah, 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 blah. These nice guys, casting. Loose film. chemistry, just yeah. like just uh, comfortable with each other, yeah. play well as just longtime partners. Uh, oh shit, though. Yeah. They're in cars. Martin Blank's in cars. Mm-hmm. We're all listening to Minnie Driver on the radio, mm-hmm. though, is the thing. Yeah. She's the one playing all this Violent Femmes fucking shit she right is. here is what's happening. She's turns out she has the ludicrous, <laughs> ludicrous job of being a radio DJ yep. in a small town radio station. Yeah. So small low market. frequency that it's only uh, aimed, I guess, at one suburb in Detroit because mm-hmm. it's so focused she can just talk about her upcoming high school reunion as if it's news to everybody who's <laughs> no, you're hearing what time. she's talking it's about. It's relatable. It's relatable, right man. Here. How much how much does this job uh, pay? Like two dollars an hour, maybe? Relatable. Uh, just a, this is a this is a college internship. This right. is what, what she's doing here. This is yeah. this is a twenty eight year old woman uh, doing an unpaid college internship is what we're looking at right she's here. She's in there, man. She's on air talent. She's running her own board. She's taking phone calls. She's, she's doing she's it the all. Only soul in that radio. Doing station. it all. And it's in just like uh I don't know, like a old timey Main Street looking like a Down street, just like Main you know, street. <laughs> a very small yeah. storefront, just like a, maybe just like a sixteen by sixteen box, yeah, like a couple feet off the off the road with a sidewalk going up and down. It looks like there should be like a, a cupcake yeah. store there, or just like a maybe a little tea shop, but instead it's a radio station. It's like when you drive through Gary downtown and hey. you pass up WBEZ, mm, just yeah. sitting in the bottom of that building in the corner. Yeah, what's going on in there? Oh, nothing for years. No, nothing for just years. Just WBEZ talk. But anyways, um, where was I at? Okay, uh, we're seeing the sights. He's listening to her, but he's not quite there yet. No. He's going to go back to his old high school. Yeah, he does. Look at that for a little bit. Right. I had right here, like, do people do this? Is this like a thing people people want to do? Like, oh, going back to the old, old hometown, going gonna to check out my old high school. Because mm, yeah. that would never occur to me. Yeah. But then also I realized I do my that. high school's been knocked down. Yeah. It's been turned into rubble and then built into something else. So, like... You, if it was still standing, would I want to go drive around there and stare at it? Like, yeah, this is where all that pain happened. The difference is you and my wife both still live in the town that you went to school. Sure, yeah, absolutely. 
uh, I'm just a half hour away, but mm, even when I'm back that far. way, I get wistful. Wistful I drive about that, play, that building? Not so much like, high school. Go here at 7.30 every saying, morning. I'm more so old haunts of, of yesteryear where oh, I yeah, grew up. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's where yeah. I gave my first hand job. Fucking you first honest yeah. paycheck I ever yeah. in my life. I was right like, over there. I was like, I'll get us money right for those drugs. That, uh, Watch yeah, this. For sure. Yeah. There's a lot of good memories going yeah. on for sure. Yeah. Uh, honest that's work. That's where I saw those two squirrels fucking funniest thing I ever saw yeah. in my life. Right over there next to that 7-Eleven. Turns out... One of them was a human, and the other one was a dog. The authorities were involved. Yeah. 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 It, was, it, was, it was messed up. Martin Blank runs into one of his old teachers, his sure. old English teacher, Mrs. K. Yeah. And they've got like a real, like a trying Mrs. to impress Robinson. each other with big words dynamic going yeah. on here. And uh, Will they won't they? Yeah, I don't know. He's like, oh, hey, what's going on? And she's like, oh, what's up with you? You disappeared. We all thought you were going to be like some big shit and then nothing, yeah. man. And then he's like, hey, you still fucking making kids read that Ethan Frome bullshit? Yeah. And I was like, damn, fucking roasting Edith Wharton's novel, fucking Ethan yeah. Frome out of nowhere. Yeah, I hate that Shit, guy. Martin Blank, damn. Yeah. You don't think sledding accidents is an exciting enough thing to base an entire book around? Fuck. I, I know a girl that was hurt pretty bad in a sledding accident. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Almost paralyzed. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It could create a... Shield. Multiple people paralyzed or hobbled in this book, and Martin Blank's like, "Oh, too good to read that that book is it's yeah. just weird." Oh, you don't got to tell me what the book. Either about. way, I was you just know like, I know Mrs. K. Like if I went back to my high school, book. which yeah. is now rubble, but if it was still standing, yeah. and then like some there was like some teachers there that like were you, still teaching. You'd try like, to fuck them. I'd be very depressed for them. Oh, like, oh, you're still a high school teacher in in this place. Uh, yeah. if you were just uh, last decades ago. Yeah. Like oh, oh. Oh, cool! Don't worry. All your That's old good for you. All your old teachers are clearly dead or working at Amazon pickled now. Livers, pickled livers, though. <laughs> okay. A whole lot of them. It's all right. If I can, uh... Oh, I want to point out here mm-hmm. the English mm-hmm. teacher. Yeah, Mrs. K. It's played by uh, George Lopez's mom, Benny. Oh, wow! George Benita. Lopez show. Yeah. Uh, okay, because I put great casting here because she just like fully like I can see this is just like. Uh, if somebody's gonna play like maybe like your mom in a movie, yeah, I could see her doing this very well. Just like any sort of nice like yeah. Midwestern mom, yeah. like just uh just just plug her in there. Like yeah. somebody's nice Midwestern mom, this chick's doing it. She's right. fucking, she'll pull that off, no problem. Their their back and forth feels very natural, even though they're kind of using some unnatural language. This is yeah. when the script got a little bit Gilmore Girls for yeah. me, their little dialogue. But but the acting, the performances. Smooths off all those rough edges. I was, I was still buying it. Who's your favorite of Lorelai's boyfriends? Well, um, you know that I'm a big fan of Luke. However, I don't like Luke and Lorelai together. I think that they're toxic in a relationship. Yeah. I prefer them apart. Honestly, I think that was one of the big failures of the show, that yeah. neither Lorelai or Rory were ever yeah. uh, given likable I meant to uh, say, romantic who's opposites. your favorite of Rory's boyfriends? Well, I mean, for sure, it's got to be bad boy Jesse, who came into town as Luke's nephew, and yeah. uh, was like vandalizing things, but then it was like, but also... I read books and I'm smart too, but yeah. maybe I'm lighting up a cigarette as well. Who's, she also dated, who's not attracted to that? She man? also dated Tall Dean from Supernatural. Tall Dean was the most boring boyfriend. Worst boyfriend was when she was dating the hyper rich guy, and then like the show kept asking us like, uh, 
care about her relationship with this, like, a hyper-rich fail son and their travails at being hyper-rich white people in Connecticut. And yeah. I was like, Gilmore Girls, you have lost me. I think Space Hog liked the, the old man Gilmore. He just liked Luke because that's a character he's based his entire life off of. Is that's that what it is? A gruff coffee shop owner who always wears a hat and pined for Lorelei for years. Oh. It's going to make sense for you when you think about it. Oh. I'm not going to watch that show. Uh, you will when we start our new podcast, The <laughs> Gilmore Guys. I'm fine with it. Which has already we'll get... been a podcast. So yeah, we oh, can't sure, do sure. Do they talk fast on it? Uh, we're going to talk faster than them, so it's going to be okay. Nice. To redo it is what's going to happen. I'm excited. Uh, where was I in my notes, Matt? Uh, he heads home to find out it's a convenience store. Live and let live yeah. is uh, my next uh, yeah. bullet point, because we got some what fucking G&R on the soundtrack. To you? As Martin Blank when tries to go home, to finds out it's been turned into a quickie well. mark. Uh, this kid playing the register jockey in here. Fucking yeah. love this kid He's right here. Good, He's huh? just like, who are you? How long have you been here? And the kid's yeah. just like, I'm not telling you. Yeah. <laughs> this kid's this kid, very earnest yeah. in his reactions. I love it. I love that they have Doom 2 in an arcade cabinet inside this community. Which arcade. never existed. Yeah, I, I, that, I was that was built for that's the That's what I think I was saying. Did yeah. this exist? This was... No. I remembered as a PC only yeah. fucking uh, video game. made it Doom. over to platforms. This, 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 this was ever in an arcade cabinet? But Not no, to my knowledge, never, but that sounds like a dream. It was never. I'd love to stand in a quickie mart drinking Slurpees and playing Doom yeah. 2 all day long in 1997. Do you notice that the, uh, Do you notice the Pulp Fiction lobby no 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 did not that's uh yeah Yeah. that's a good little fucking detail as well for this was i love you tarantino i want to make a movie where people talk fast and shoot guns too came to set yeah to hang out with armadage he's a fucking fucking when i was making fucking pulp fiction when i was making fucking reservoir dogs okay okay this is what i do i put the camera over here okay so then what i do right here is over here i'd have this guy he'd take his shoes off all right he wanted to get killed in the shootout Oh, that, that would happens. Be nice. Yeah, he's later. like, "Hey, can I be the kid who right. plays uh, the Retro Jockey? Can you yeah. maybe? I don't know. Give me an opportunity to say the N word. There, there could be an opportunity for me to, me to say the N word somewhere in here, probably. Right? You think so? You think so? George Armitage was like, "Just can't do it. You're a foot taller than my star, John Cusack, and you're about oh, two feet no. taller than the assassin that's going to come after him." In a yeah, little bit. and your head's. 45 feet bigger right. than anything that would block out our daylight right. for the rest You're of just it. So, not yeah, gonna we're not going to be able to light any yeah. sort of scene. Please go in, home, Mr. Tarantino. Going to have to ask you to take it up the yeah. road. Uh, right. There's a weird yeah. fetish bar. Also, please, please stop asking Mini Driver to take her shoes off. 100 bucks will get you You're some making her uncomfortable. in your face. Mini Driver is not on board with that thing, this sort of thing. She's, she's not from this country. You're not going to get her on board. Uh, so Never anyways, uh, the government dudes are creeping outside and Blank kind of spots him, but he's like, did I spot them? Maybe kind of not. I'm not sure. I've always got my head on a swivel. I don't know. I'm an assassin. But after this, he calls up Joan Cusack and says the very telling, very on the nose line, I want my mom. Yeah. This this is a man in crisis. This right. Is, this is he's not doing good. Going back to his roots, trying to reconnect with his childhood, his, his lost childhood. Yeah. He's, he's lost as a man. Uh, Next scene, we're in a nursing home. Turns out his mom's. Oh, fucking I want to point out, I, I appreciated all the strows they had. Lots of strows. In the convenience sure, stores. Yeah. It's a Detroit beer. It's got, good that they were representing, you know. The working man's yeah. pulling those out of that cooler for sure. 
Um, he, he shows up, he meets his mom in this nursing home. Right. She makes a comment right away about how he's wearing all black. Yeah. And I wrote, uh, 1997, I was wearing all yeah. black as well. Sure. Just like all the time. Not yeah. in a goth way, but sort of in a Martin Blank way right yeah. here. And I'm thinking back and I'm like, how much of this was maybe influenced by Martin Blank's character here in yeah. this film? And how much maybe was influenced by Richard Lewis's stand-up? Oh. Are there any other maybe uh, influences I had floating around in my young head uh, making this happen? Where I was like, Mr. I'm going to wear kind of like Mr. dressy black clothes head to toe Mr. like Orange. all the time. Yeah, oh, maybe Mr. some Brown. fucking, yeah, some fucking Reservoir yeah. Dogs. Either way, this feels like a very 1997 choice here right yeah. here to have this this guy tooling around uh, in all black, but not in a goth yeah. way. No. Not, not no, in a no, fucking no, goth no, way. No, That's no, not no, what I'm no, talking no. about. It's a totally different no. thing. Uh, the 90s made black clothing accessible to folks outside of goth. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that yeah. about the, the whole decade. It's like, yeah. hey, do you only want to wear like band shirts printed on black t-shirts? You that can. can be your aesthetic yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. You're not going to have to shower much wearing those either because no. people are going to want to stay away from you anyways. Yeah. So don't worry about it. I had a nice nine inch nails one. Oh, that sounds so cool. It's just black. That sounds so fucking cool. It was cool. cool. God, I want to wear one of those right now. And then big, obnoxious NIN graphics on the back. You know how they so do. So, anyways, the mom's yeah. like, oh, Martin, what's going on? Yeah. I know you one minute, but then I know another one. And then I'm, I'm talking lady. about talking to your dad. And he's like, Dad's dead. And she's like, Oh, is he? I'm a crazy lady. And he seems to pretty basically be like, Well, throwing my hands up. Mom's yeah. crazy. Never gonna think or mention her nope. again in this movie. And I was like, mm, that was a little weird and pointless. And then there's a little scene where he goes to his dad's grave and yeah. pours a bottle of fucking scotch out on his grave. And I'm like, right. okay, dad was an alky and he's yeah. dead. Mom's crazy. I don't know. This I guess we're coloring him. this guy's character a little bit. Like, didn't come up right. Yeah. Uh, that's why he was able to just split and become. But it's like. That's why I wanted his mom. He never really had her. All right. This thing's at like a uh, cool 10 minutes over that 90 minute mark. Right. Uh, these are things that could have been established in some uh, sideways dialogue yeah. somewhere through here. Did we need to see. Too much local The flavor. nursing home scene. Uh, you put me in charge of this fucking. Oh. Zoop. Zoop. We're getting that right Gone. out of here. Yeah. Vip, vip, vip. Fucking, fucking done. Get it out of here. Gone. Cut. Sliced. Next scene you can't yes, cut sir. out. This is, this is an essential scene in this film right here. Uh, he, he's at the radio station that many drivers work. Yeah. At. He just walks right in in the middle of her talking on the air. Yeah. First off, rude. Right. Second off, the on-air fucking lights on. Yeah. That doesn't, like, auto-lock the door in this one fucking room thing she's in with no producer, no support staff, no fucking else. You got to get that door locked if you're on the fucking air. You can't just have, like, uh, I don't know, local yahoos walking by being like, hey, what's going on in here? Like, are you doing, like, a radio thing? That would be happening all day long if you were broadcasting right here on Main Street, small town USA. She's got to get that door locked. Speaking of radio, do you know a fucking... Radio! Yeah, Cuba Gooden Jr. You know that oldie? You you ever heard that oldie? Cuba Gooden Jr. got arrested in 2019 for touching women? Uh, That's pretty recent. He's... Yeah. Yeah, maybe I was gonna say maybe like a too old to be like a but like maybe slipping into that old man role of just yeah. like, Hey, I'm just old Cuba Gooding hey, Junior. I don't even know what I'm doing with sugar tits. Like Show what's me going the on? Money. I'm from a different era. Show it me used the to money. be like this when I was a kid. You know what's going on? Oh, don't make a big deal about yeah. it. I like him saying the line from his movie yeah. that's not his line, though. I, I like him like uh, grabbing women by the arm right. and being like, say I love black people. Say I love black people. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's... it's another line from that movie. It's just, from the movie we're Radio. Gonna cut all that out. We're we're gonna cut all this out. Um. So, anyways, people aren't ready for the demise yeah. of Cuba. They both play the awkwardness of this interaction pretty well, right here. Uh-huh. I'm digging the acting. Like they don't. She's not expecting to see him. Yeah. He doesn't know how to approach her. It's kind of like a caveman touching fire for the yeah. first time. Before you know it, though, she just goes in for a very passionate smooch yeah. just out of nowhere. This is this is who these people both have been on each other's mind for a right. lot of years. You can tell right away. And I'm like, is that a little bit much going in right for the kiss right away? And I was like, nah, I think they fucking sold it. Yeah. Then I was like, is this my favorite romantic comedy of all time? Wow. And I was like, I don't know. Romantic comedies are very shitty. There's got to be something else trying to think about it. And I was yeah. like, maybe the apartment. And I was like, is that too sad to be a romantic comedy? Probably. I don't know. Great romantic comedy right here. Once Minnie Driver fucking walks into the film. I'm just saying, if you like this one, you should, you should really check out Serendipity. Uh, that was with... John Cusack. And, and the and lady was... Some British bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember she was like famous for a second. Not Minnie Driver. But then... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's well, a really... Much more conventionally attractive than a really Minnie Driver. That's a really good movie, though. I remember, yeah. So, you get Jeremy Piven. Is that the one where it was and like, a Molly oh, Shannon. what would happen if you walked through this door or didn't? Or is that just that Gwyneth Paltrow movie that had the same plot? Or Probably Gwyneth Paltrow. This is where he spends a magical afternoon evening with a with a young lady what am i talking about and then they just Joe versus go the separate ways is my favorite role oh yeah duh. of all time you love that one finally i knew there yeah. was something we obvious could, we got there knew there was something we obvious. got there mine's serendipity uh cusack's very fidgety though he's constantly glancing everywhere he manipulates her into like moving so he has his fucking back to the wall and he Seriously, can see the door so many she's times. not putting the fucking uh clues together so this many. guy's clearly uh got some sort of yeah haunted present going on where people are trying to murder him he's an assassin who can tell the people are on his trail. All the meanwhile, I act like they're that trying in public to... places due to years in jail. You, I can see. That. I'm very particular about where my back is in a crowded place. Yeah, I, I act yeah. that way as well, just from yeah. uh, years of you know hanging out in dive bars and people like Starting constantly fights. being like, "Hey, no, just like, oh. hey, I remember you. You know me, right? Let's have a let's have a conversation. Yeah. Let's have an unwelcome conversation together." You I'm hate like, those. Oh no, no, no! I don't know who you are. I don't know. Who you I are. Like please, stranger please danger. Get away from me. Please get away from me. Stranger danger. You gotta, you gotta be fidgety. But uh, don't yeah. touch me. I'm diabetic. Eventually, uh, fucking, you know, just, just fucking. Yeah. She's, she's having a nervous breakdown on the air every right. day, from what I can tell. Because yeah, he's just listening to her talk about her personal problems, and then he's like, "We he made out. Up, that went well." And, and then, then she puts yeah. him on the air and is yeah. trying to interview him about their past teenager relationship and yeah. how it went bad, and he. He's a fucking international hitman. Yeah. He can't have this sort of publicity coming down on him. This is this is not good. When I was, Who listens to this show? I said this this just sad twenty eight year old woman having right. an emotional breakdown every day. Nate, when I when I was thinking back on this movie, mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. man, I really really like this movie, you know. And then I just went to a high school reunion of oh, mine. Wow, but it was my twentieth, right? I was gonna say, yeah, and I was like got to be a lot more years these people are going through the same thing i just went through and then i was like oh wait they're only doing their tenure see that's a thing that i had later on in my notes but i started getting those feelings too later on in the film see i got it way early i was like wait a minute they're only doing a tenure and then i was like man 
this chick's really hung up on how this dude stood her up at prom yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, you're 28. You're still in your fucking peak. Get the fuck over she it, man. She should be out there fucking and sucking right. is what you're saying. Hell Just yeah. Like right and left for yeah. sure. Yeah. 100%. I'm aboard with yeah. you right there. Women's lib. Needs to be All that shit. You get it. She's taking some calls like, hey, and women's what do you suffering. think? Should I forgive this guy? I love women suffering. Like, I'm 100% on board with that, too. Yeah. But she's like, should I fucking forgive this guy for standing me up on prom? Yeah. And the townsfolk are like, I don't know what's going on. Then Hank Azaria is like, hey, Mr. Trick, watch this. I'm going to do some yeah. weird shit. Yeah. And this is where some of that, like, I think improv comes in. We're like... Right. He calls up and he says a bunch of shit that yeah. doesn't really make any sense. Hey, uh, you gonna tie a yellow ribbon? Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> He's like, hey, yeah, you you coming back here? Because uh, you're one of those tough guys, huh? What are you, yeah. what are you doing, tough guy? <laughs> tough. And like, Mr. Trick's like, what are you doing? And Hank Azaria's like, yeah, I'm pulling off some great improv dialogue right yeah. now, aren't I? Aren't I? Yeah. And then I think the, the director, uh, Armitage, is like, I guess I gotta keep that in the scene because it doesn't really make sense to cut around it. But uh, no. I don't know what you were doing there, Hank Azaria. It was it was weird. Uh, either way, next scene. Yeah. Next scene. Rare swing and a miss from a Hank Azaria. <laughs> I don't know what he's trying there. Yeah. Didn't didn't work for his character. Didn't work for why they were there or what was going on. Let me tell you, if you're looking for him doing some real yeoman's work, oh, you want to check got out that turban on in Mystery Men. You want to check out that second uh, night at the museum. Oh, that's he's, uh, that's where that Egyptian. franchise really picked up some steam. Yeah, uh, you're telling me he's playing somebody from uh, Northern Africa, pretty yeah. close to the Middle East. Yeah, uh, he's a famous. You doing any sort of voice or anything? Yeah. Like it's uh, weird. Anyway, yeah, it sounds like that probably I works can't great. Do it. it probably sounds like that yeah. works great. But it's a good. It's a really good movie. Uh, so Martin eventually runs out of this interview because he's like, I can't be here on the fucking hot seat. This is no. crazy. I'm a fucking secret assassin, I'm international killer, fucking man. espionage yeah. man. So he's. Walking down this, this is the first time he walks directly fucking past the French assassin, and he's like, clocked that guy. That guy's clearly a French assassin. Yeah, what a weirdo. That's just not a normal gross point yeah. fucking citizen. Yeah. Fucking clocks the car the government guys are right. again, just like, I gave him a double take earlier. Now I clearly know yeah. these guys are fucking trailing me right now. This is fucking weird. Yeah. Could life get fucking any more stressful? Oh, it could. Because I just ran into my high school best friend, Jeremy Piven, out on the street. Now he's going to want to talk to me about his real estate career. Can you think of anything worse? This is is fucking hell right here. He's a cool guy. Yeah, so... My good friend, Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven shows up. He's like, check it out. I drive a Beamer. Fucking, of course. Uh, I'm a real estate guy. I sell all these McMansions around here, so doing pretty good in 1997. That tech bubble has not burst yet. We're still riding that Clinton economy pretty high. Hell yeah. I like uh, this was, you mentioned he's driving a Beamer. Uh, Cusack, very disheartened to see that uh, Piven's driving a German-engineered car. Oh, yeah. Nobody buys American anymore. In the fine city of Detroit. Right here, outside of the husk of what used to be Detroit Motor City, Michigan. It's not till he notices many drivers sob convertible Mm -hmm. when he says Mm -hmm. no one drives American. That's right. Yes, yeah, yeah. uh, He's noticing cars. the end of his fucking rope. This guy's a car guy. Although he don't know. What kind of cars this guy drives? Right. Uh, Even though he hasn't been back home for 10 years, the Detroit's still in him. Fucking all of us. I 
thought it was a nice there. touch. It is a nice touch for sure, right there. Uh, so uh, it shows home means something to him. Pippin's like, let's hang out. I mean, I got to go show this gigantic, ridiculous house to a couple of white people right now. Yeah, a you just of stand around while while I do. We get a funny interaction where uh, Officer fucking Terry, gated community security guard Officer Terry, shows up. He's like, yeah. "Oh, Martin Blank, I almost arrested you for being a hooligan, but then I recognize you from high school." Yeah, I'm a little fucking bald weirdo. Martin Blagan starts fucking with him, like, oh, what's going on? You got this cool job where you, like, kill people? You got, like, an authorized use force? You're like, yeah, you know, me, 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 me. Piven comes over, and he's like, hey, what's going on, Terry, you little fucking idiot? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you I told ruined you my show. deal by and showing I, up. I love this shit because uh, this is this is real-life shit right here. Mm-hmm. Like, there was always somebody back in high school and, like, the guy group that was just, like, the guy who got shit on. Yeah. Like, it would, like, rotate if, like, the guy who got shit sure. on, like, left, and it would have to, like, go to the next guy who got shit on. Yeah. But there always had to be one guy who just gets shit on all day, right. and that was their fucking, like, Dynamic. raison d'etre. Yeah. But, like, also, like, it's just real. Like, no matter how many years have passed if you get three guys from high school together like one person instantly has to become the guy getting constantly shit on just it has to happen and it's fucking poor terry here they just start burying this fucking guy this is this is real life fucking dude shit happening yeah scene right here just a couple couple dudes chopping it up yeah he's like how how, how'd you end up in this career well you know they were hiring I mean, it was a two-week course. Yeah. Good shit. Good shit here from little little security guard Terry. Terry's real people. Real people. Good little character actor just doing some real fucking shit. Also, Mm. this is the scene where I wrote, so theoretically, Piven's supposed to be 28 years old right here Ah. because he looks like one of my uncles and I'm 40. Yeah. And Cusack, uh, not not like fucking full-on like bald like uh, Piven here, but still just like... uh, 28 years old? I don't know that I'm... These people These people look old as fuck in this movie for just being 10 years out of high school. Yeah. I see people 10 years yeah. out of high school now, and I'm just like, oh, God, you're still you're like an annoying puck. college kid from... Wet behind the yeah, ears still. I can tell. This is... Yeah. These people seem like full-on adults to me, and they're, they're playing these, like, sad, broken, haven't figured out their life, fucking... Yeah. Should have gone to my 10-year reunion. Is this what I would have been seeing? Like, uh, that could have been interesting. Could have like been they, interesting to clock all this shit. like they jumped the gun. I don't think anybody cared what they were doing. But yeah, to your point, this feels much more like a 20-year reunion type fucking thing than it does a 10-year fucking reunion. But then it would be even more unbelievable to be like the, I haven't done anything but pine over you for 20 fucking years. Yeah, that's fair. That's fucking insane. Now we're, That would be fucking insane. Now we're, yeah, that's... After this, they just drive around and smoke a J for a while, which is pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, check out all these other fucking gigantic mansions in this town. Pretty fucking rich town, I guess. It's like... Oh, check it out. There's Debbie's house. Fucking, that's a gigantic fucking mansion for fucking sure. Everybody in this town's white. You're not going to see anybody other than Mr. Trick with any fucking no, melody whatsoever. But, uh, yeah, they, they part ways. And then Pippin popped me with his little line. Uh, I'll see you at uh, the peaked and I'm kidding myself party. And I was like, Pippin. That's classic Pippin right there. What did he call it? The, the I've peaked and I'm kidding myself party. Oh, that's, that's pretty this good. This has got to be what a high school reunion is, yeah. right? Right? Yeah. I don't know. We didn't have a 20-year one. I opted out of my 10-year. Nobody got a 20-year together, or maybe I just wasn't invited, I guess. One of the two. I don't know. Maybe that 50-year reunion is going to be when I'm there. At 20, a lot of social anxiety. It was a bad choice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. 10-year sounds terrible, because it's just like, I don't know. People... 
people aren't where they're going to be yet. So right. like, it's just like, uh, some of these people are false successful and they're going to try to project that. Some of these people are already sad and desperate. 20 years. is just like, yeah. this is where you are. Like yeah. for sure. It was, it was a this hard what's look going at on. life. Yeah. I didn't care for it. Uh, I did uh, the five year, mm. which was a delight. Oh, who does that five year? That's not a real reunion. My, my high school just had beer and pizza in the gymnasium oh, after a football one of game. Those private high schools, isn't yeah. it? No oh, yeah. public high school would ever yeah. have a five year. No, it was great though because it was more again just beer and pizza and like a hey, hey, how you been? Cool, see you later. Oh yeah, I'm fucking either just out of college yeah. or still in college as well. We're gonna go get more. Drunk what else are we gonna this? talk about? We're dumb young idiots. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I get nice to have a good time. I'd like to go to some five year reunions brought, now, I think. Yeah. Like brought, other young people's five year reunions. Like, yeah, that's what we did. We hey, brought Hey, remember me on that guy. Yeah, Trip McNeely. Yeah, should sure. still talk about you around here. Which ones? There you go. Uh This Monkey's Gone to Heaven is my next uh little uh yep. bullet point here because the Pixies are on the soundtrack yep. and Martin's spying on his ex. All the while hitting up Joan Cusack and being like, why are there so many spies and assassins in this town? Yeah. Maybe like get on the fucking uh, young little baby internet we got going yeah. on in this movie. Figure that out. She's like, you did the job already though, right? And he's, he's like, like mm, ah, get into it. It's good as done. Maybe I'm showing some signs of not being willing to do this job anymore. I don't know. We'll see how it develops. Yeah. She gets a great little uh, acting moment here for zero fucking reason other than yeah. just like she's John Cusack's sister. So she gets a little acting moment here right. where she's just screaming in a headset to the fucking person she's buying bullets from. Yeah. Just outraged and screaming the F word over and over again. She needs that nine millimeter bullet. And then she yeah. goes to the next line and she just screams to somebody about how to make soup stock. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Great moment for Joan Cusack. Glad she got it. Fucking funny shit. She's doing good work. She's delightful. Uh, dust up at the Quickie Mart is yeah. my next bullet point here. Blake oh. goes back to the corner store. Come again. For seemingly no reason. Uh, we we don't know why he's here. It, it doesn't make sense. It's where his house there, was. He's, he's got no place else to go. He didn't like it. But uh, who's to walk in with that weird looking... Benny the Jet. Big toe of a man, Benny the Jet, yeah. the French assassin. He starts just blowing the place up. Sure does. Fucking machine guns. Martin Blank's fucking shooting back with double pistols. There's bullets everywhere. Shit's flying. Glass is breaking. He's got two Glocks going here. Hilarious little bit where the clerk guy is playing Doom 2 with fucking right. uh, some headphones. Not not some earbuds like you might in modern day, but some classic yeah. over-the-ear CD player headphones. Listening, listening to, to some Motorhead. Yeah. You on the gamble. He's got no idea there's bullets flying everywhere. The entire place is being destroyed. And then fucking Martin Blank, uh, you know, the shootout's kind of ended. He's not dead. Yeah. And he learns like, oh, fuck. There's some a hunk of plastique, plastique. in the microwave about ready to explode. I get the fuck out of here. It's going to explode. He does just in the nick of time uh, after comically going back and pulling the little clerk out. Yeah. whole building explodes. Just everything is decimated. And I wrote, is this the last time that plastique showed up in a movie? Because it had a good 10-year run there where every movie was like, oh, plastique is the explosive yeah. like yeah. a of the day like this is this is the most high-end shit it's plastique this shit explodes like fuck and then for sure some plastique explode the quick mark here and yeah. i'm like did plastique blow anything else up after 1997 did it just have like this 10-year run point. and then went away i feel like might it, have been the swan song of plastique i mean we all know it went away but yeah at what point like because it, it started becoming commonplace where instead of showing shit it was just 
You had mentioned C4. Mm-hmm. You just yeah, mentioned that's right. it. Okay. It was mentioned. That's all it needs because yeah. audience have already been explained to how cool pla- this thing plastic yeah. is. So like, yeah. you're not blowing anybody's hair back with this anymore. No. Either way, this shit. Little clerk guy makes me laugh again when Cusack was like, are you okay? He's like, no, man, I'm not all right. I'm hurt. I'm pissed. Gotta find a new job. Yeah. (laughs) This kid kills it. Send him a check. Send him another check. Working through some real things here. Uh, After this, Martin gets some drinks with Debbie. Uh, He's like, calls her up. It's like, meet me at the hippo club. Yeah, the hippo club, We really got to suss this whole prom night thing out. Like, trying to get back together with you as a couple of sad 28-year-olds. Yep. Definitely that's something that could happen for sure. Like, anybody who's sad and single at 28 is for sure going to get back together with their high school fucking... Totes. Fucking boyfriend or girlfriend, no matter, like, how bad the situation was. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm single at 28? Yeah. Let's do let's do all that yeah. shit over again. That's can't, for sure. Can't be dying alone here. So he's trying to do like little charming John Cusack things with his face here at this meeting. Be like, hey, yeah. come to the reunion. Yeah. I'm charming John Cusack. He's got like, big eyes. You don't. You don't look at my big eyes. You don't care that uh, I fucking seemingly ruined your life because you're just a shell of a person right now, living back in your high school bedroom and. Being a DJ on a very, very low-frequency small-town radio station right here. Uh, Her apartment burned down on Devil's Night, sir. Yeah, that's what she says, which is uh, just makes me want to do one of those The Crow sequels. <laughs> we got to get in and just talk about one of those The Crow sequels we do. now that we've we owe it to ourselves. Devil's Night reference right here. So they're having some real talk right here when, uh, oh, wouldn't you know it, uh, some drunk redhead chick comes up and is like, oh, my God. I remember yeah. you from high school. Amy. I'm overly drunk right here. And I was like, rare miss right here for me, gross point yeah. blank. This chick way overplaying being drunk yeah. to like a cartoonish, not funny extent. Yeah. I'm like, who's this chick? She sucks. Can't we pull her out and get like Charlton Heston to come in right. here and play the overly drunk redhead lady or something? Because they're all like, oh, annoying. He's fucking somebody drunk from high school. We all know this situation, but... Right. I'm just not buying it with her. Not a good actress. No. Not a good actress. I would have had her like... Not funny, bad. I, I would have had her dial it down a little bit and then maybe have like a titty Gotta slip dial out. that shit down. You, you have a nipple slip out. Yeah. That's funny. And then people yeah. are looking at nipples. Everybody right. likes looking at nipples. Either way, Martin's like, this sucks. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Wouldn't you know who's in there but our, our couple of government agents, fucking uh, Apu and Mr. Trick. Yep. And he's like, hey, guys, uh, what are you doing? They're just like, oh, just washing our hands awkwardly and standing around in the bathroom? I don't know. He's like, listen, I know that you know that I know that, that they know, know, and now you know that I know. Mm-hmm. So fucking just, you know. Scram. Fucking yeah. Whatever, man. It is what it is. Cover's blown. He rolls out what he did not know. Ackroyd's in the bathroom with them in the shitter. Probably laying a mean deuce for real, right. I would assume. I would assume right. they were just in there, like, waiting for him to get done shitting sure. so they have their meeting. And he's like, let me explain to you why these government guys are here now. Because I was wondering at this point. I'm like, yeah. they haven't made it clear who these guys are or why they're even in the no. movie. He's like, I sicked you guys on Martin Blank, told mm-hmm. you, hey, you're anti-terrorist. Here's a fucking terrorist. Fucking take him down because right. I want revenge on him. And they're like, listen, man, there's some very clear rules here. We can yeah. only... Shoot him and kill him if we see him doing Killing. an act of terror. So yeah. we got to wait till the end of the movie for something like that to happen. Right. 
we're making the stakes clear here. We're yeah. we're we're rising the tension a little bit as the film goes on. This is some screenwriting. Going nothing on. for nothing. Everything's got to mean. We don't something. see a lot of real screenwriting in the movies we talk about. That's we're fair. seeing some of it here. Some That's of it's fair. happening. But uh, yeah, also a good little bit here where Azari's like, "Oh shit, he's coming back." And then fucking uh, Akira's got to jump back in the shit. Or he's mm. like, "Oh fuck you guys!" After he realizes it didn't happen, yeah. it's just guys breaking balls in the in the men's room. It's a good. That's thing. what happens. It's That's just, a good thing. A little locker room. A little talk. locker room talk. You get Never that heard. fucking shit. Never heard. You're just like you know, you fucking grab them yeah. by the pussy, and you they want you to. to do it. Like right. stuff like that. Just yeah. stuff that you say. Yeah. Outside the bar, Martin and Debbie are talking about nutritionists and spiritualists and psychiatrists and like That's a lot everything of they've tried to like. Uh, fix their broken souls and right. whatnot over the last... And I, that's, this is when I wrote, like, uh, they're talking about a lot of pretty advanced shit for, like, 28-year-olds. Yeah. This kind of feels like 20-year reunion shit to me. Because, yep. like, at 28, you're still just, like... Grasping at straws. Uh, grasping at straws, fucking living unhealthily and wailing yeah. blindly at the heavens about why am I so miserable, yeah. but, like, not really taking any healthy steps towards fixing it. This right. is, like, 38-year-old shit yeah. I feel like they're talking about right here. That's when, that's when it really fucking hit me. But uh, then also, this is, like you said, when he's like, uh, oh, hey, what are you driving right there? Yeah. Fucking ragtop like Nick Nolte in 48 hours? That's pretty... Pretty cool. That's, that's what I wrote down. He was mad because it wasn't, wasn't American. It was like, sweet, a classic ragtop. She's my kind of chick. Ask me, me, driver. This is our second run. Why do you think Nick Nolte sounds like that? Oh, he's probably uh, uh, halfway to a Val Kilmer, uh, Roger Ebert situation, I would assume. Luckily, he died before any of that happened. Yeah, Martin calls up John Cusack and is like, hey, give me the rundown. What's up? And she's like, oh, here's what's going on. Uh, I'm going to do a lot of face acting while I tell you. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lapu Bell's in town. He's a fucking badass. He's killed all these people. Yeah. He's into pornography, she throws in, which I right. really like. But it's she, nice. Just like, she's kind of got like stroke face a lot. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But like in this, she's just really like working that stroke face. Yeah. Like the things I'm saying right now are so exposition heavy and uninteresting. Yeah. I've just really got to articulate every muscle in my face in a Jim Carrey doing yeah. fire marshal oh, bill righty then. to try and sell yeah. this as being a scene worth listening to. Hey, John Cusack, let me tell you something. <laughs> What's going on here? She's also keeps badgering him into being like, so you've already like done the job, right? The job's over. You killed the guy. Yeah. Dynamics Just really shifted. At first, she's all like, hey, man, you got to go to this reunion. And he's all like, no, we got to do the job. Now she's all like, hey, you did the job, right? And he's like, no, I got some go reunion reunion. stuff going on. So uh, we're getting we're getting a little character advancement here. We got a character arc happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe is that more screenwriting shit happening in this? Pass. Is this maybe one of the most legitimate films we've ever talked about on this podcast? I don't we'll know. We'll see. Uh, either way, also as he's on this phone call, we get a little glimpse into his like weapons suitcase. It's got a bunch of yeah. throwing knives and stuff in it. Sure does. That's pretty cool. But I didn't like that he showed us a bunch of throwing knives and then doesn't throw throwing knives at no. anybody through the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's like, kind of a waste. You set up a lot of things and pay them off in this film, and I give you That's credit for that. But you gonna show me a suitcase full of throwing knives and then nobody yeah. gets a throwing knife throwing knife into their throat? We get Fucking to see that dirty pool. That desert eagle make an appearance yeah, though. That's pretty fucking cool. Next scene goes on in Debbie's high school bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like I said, she's still living mm-hmm. in her high school bedroom, which is very, very creepy. But uh, apparently she grew up 
as a teenager having her own private entrance into like this entire side wing of the mansion yeah. she lives in to herself. That's cool. And like huh? we establish in the scene that she's always like, Oh, hey, you were always coming over here, Martin Blank, and yeah. we we're always just hanging out willy nilly and I'm like Fucking Wow. Rich people. Right. Is how rich people were living yeah, that fucking was. back as teenagers. That's what you could just did. have other teens of the opposite sex coming over to your house. Yeah. Nobody knew about it. You'd do whatever you want for hours at a time. Sometimes. Yeah, I tell you, my middle class fucking uh, you know, life, that's that's not how it was. No. No, not at all. You, people had to call your house and talk to your parents before right. they could talk to you. Yeah. They're knocking on that front door. Nobody knows who's answering. No. And then you got to like go down in the weird like sitting room that nobody uses if yeah. you're fucking there with some teenage person of the opposite sex it was it was miserable it's a a wonder anybody dated as a teen and in, in, in my book in my early high school years mm. there was this one chick that we were all friends with her parents were never home slash never oh, gave a I shit she turned out real slutty she was young. no super sweet girl oh wow really super sweet girl yeah throwing she, me curveballs she actually did really well throwing for herself total she, was, she was a nice person not expecting that but we all just went over there and just too many people in the bathroom at the same. It was oh, weird no, stuff going no, on, you know. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just weird bathroom teams, hand jobs. There's, yeah, there's there's bottles of shampoo in there that right. could be tainted, in yeah. I don't know how many ways. Don't just, teens. Ugh, where wasn't they're disgusting. Pee. Ugh, teens are disgusting. Either way, she's like, "All right, uh, come in or whatever," and then she's like, just sprinting around the room like a psychopath. Yeah, she's acting like a real fucking weirdo. Yeah, and they're doing like weird games where like. She's getting up on his feet and like yeah. they're playing airplane or something. Right. And I'm just like, all right, this is sort of working where it's like good shorthand to show like, oh, they one time had a relationship where they right. were totally comfortable with each other, probably spent every minute together, very, very close. But also like at the same time, they're probably pretty insufferable fucking twits right. throughout that whole thing. Yeah. Maybe nobody else wanted to hang out with them, rightly so. They seem like a couple of fucking annoying shitheads, Uppity truly, quite frankly. Yeah. fucking douchebags. Oh, we're so quirky and funny, yeah. aren't We're the teens who think that we're smart and yeah. talk about fucking weird anime and shit. And, and UWU and yeah, OWO. U-woos and yeah. O-woos and this. She was so close to just crossing her eyes and sticking her tongue out here. Definitely, they were like reading some independent comic books, oh, yeah. listening to some indie right. records label yeah. stuff talking about like how fucking stupid yeah. and mainstream everybody else in gross point was if it didn't come out on sub pop or if frank yeah, miller uh -huh, didn't write it right they yeah, weren't interested uh -huh. Ugh, disgusting Ugh. Uh, 97 frank miller might have been done with by he, he was fucking done with that uh, i was trying to drop trying to the name of uh, the guy yeah, who would have been. Uh, been perfect reference right here but that's what too are you many right? years ago it was some some indie girl were into that shit. He had like a Spanish sounding name. Either Brian way, Michael Bendis. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 call it my friend Tracy after this because I definitely remember her having a lot of his art back in 1997. Mm. You know the type. Mm. You know the type. Sure do. So uh, after uh, sure do. he leaves, they have this little interaction. She like runs back to her bed and jumps in it, squealing like a teenage girl. And yeah. I was like, all right, that's a bit too much for me. That's. Play it, play it a little bit more close to the vest than that That's mini where driver. We crossed into obnoxious. Yeah, I was just like, eh, I get it. Like, oh, our teenage fucking flames rekindled. Yeah. Uh, I, I had already gotten it. You didn't need to run and hop into your childhood bed squealing like yeah. a teenager for me to understand it. Now you're just an unlikable twit to me. This is what's happening in this this scene right here. The whole recycle through like high school girls movement, like, mm. I did that when I was like. 
20. Oh yeah, sure. And it I, was I remember like, you just like uh, creeping on a lot of high school girls you, back when you were twenty, for sure. Yeah, yeah, one after another. Well, not the ones still in. Uh, I mean, no, I was oh, doing no, sure no, that that's too. what I was talking sure, about. Sure, that yeah, yeah. yeah, that too. But yeah, the whole like revisiting people you went to school with ten years later. Oh hey, like uh, yeah. I've been in college for a couple of years now. Like I'm fucking awesome. I know how like maybe no, I was I wasn't. awkward before, but like now, no. like I they knew I didn't go to school. Yeah. They're just like, you're just kind of mysterious. And I'd be like, whatever. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of side jobs. Uh, you know. This music thing's really happening for me. I'll probably do it forever. Oh, man. It's the salad days. Oh, how about Aykroyd it? Aykroyd at the diner is my next bullet point here. Martin Blanks is trying to eat some eggs and fucking Dan Aykroyd comes in dressed like a dad again. With yeah. With like fucking gun brown bagged in his hands. Just Yep. <laughs> fucking solid move. Just marching into that place with a gun in his hand. is yep. like, what's up, motherfucker? Let's shoot at each other. Yeah. He sits down. Melanie, the ditzy waitress, is trying to, like, run through her, like, today's special spiel while they just have, like, guns pointed at each other under the table and have, like, totally locked eyes. And mm-hmm. she made me laugh. This was a good little bit, and she was a good little character actress. Right. This fucking Melanie, all right. Uh, then they go into, like... The sort of a Jaws esque big dicking each other contest, but now with like who's had the most like gnarly like wounds, but like who's got the most like intricate supplement and like medication plan, yeah. On, which I thought was uh maybe a little ahead of its time for 1997, and uh, I think right now would play like really well. This didn't really like, uh, yeah, it's just like that's oh, a really I'm good doing point. this for protein, blah blah blah. I got this for nutrients, and he's like, Thought oh, this is my too, Prozac yeah. right here, like. A little bit ahead of its time. I it's think, very maybe, now. The dialogue they're having right here. It's yeah. very now. Very, very, very now what's happening right here. This fucking... Aykroyd starts ribbing uh, blank about the time he killed a dog, which mm-hmm. is just some good shit right here. I don't know if that was in the script. Is that like the gremlin scene where Phoebe Cates talks about her dad dying? <laughs> like, who just writes like a you killed a dog scene into a movie? This might be this might be pure Aykroyd right Kill here. Killed my fucking dog! <laughs> right. Yeah, it works and, you know, blown yeah. away, but they're using it for gravity right there. When those, when those funny gremlins tied up the dog... Oh, they're just the raping porch. the shit out of that dog. It's just fucking running a train on the dog on the, fun stuff on the right there. front porch. The movies rarely get more fun yeah. than that. Bow, 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 bow. I wrote bow, down bow. during this interaction, Martin's wearing a tan jacket over his all-black attire. Yeah. Is this the first time we've seen him wear something other than black? Is this symbolic? Are we seeing some color slowly creep back into his life now that he's reconnected with Debbie? I don't know. No, he had that. I don't know. He had that tan jacket on when he first rolled into town. All the time. Okay, it just turns yeah. out a tan jacket. This if he's not wearing the suit coat, as far as uh, production design goes, yeah. If he's not wearing the suit coat, he's wearing the tan coat mm-hmm. with the black hat. So they have some back and forth. That's his man about town. Like, look. Fucking join my shit. And he's like, no, I'm not going to join your shit. And he's like, if you keep trying to kill people without joining my shit, like it's going to be trouble for you. He's like, well, I'm going to keep doing it, so I don't care. And then Melanie walks up with fucking an omelet in her hands and has to, unfortunately, hear Aykroyd deliver the line, I'm going to put a bullet in your fucking forehead and I'm going to fuck the brain hole. 
Yeah, that's a pretty cool. Line. <laughs> he delivers a great. She drops the he plate, does. delivers her reaction, fucking great, and then suddenly they're just pointing guns at each other for real in this crowded diner, and yeah. everybody's like, "Oh my god, this is a very small town. Seems like this would get around, uh, but we're not gonna address it for the rest of the movie, so it's fine." Two things here. Oh, okay. I love Cusack. You know, he he gets her to drop the plate and then uses that as an excuse to back out mm-hmm. while Ackroyd scrambles. And then he knows that he got one past Ackroyd, oh, and yeah. he's backing out. He's gotta, and he just starts doing those subtle do little, noises yeah, at him. A little taunt at him. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Why is he making ape noises? What's that have to do with anything? Ackroyd's Weird. a dumb animal. Gotta be some more of that classic improv. Yeah. Also, um, outside of Crossroads. Oh, sure. Because okay. we all know the His literary fine masterpiece. As, uh, is this? The Elder Spears. Is this Aykroyd's last great role? <clears throat> That's hard. It's 97. That's hard. Yeah, it seems like there'd be something. You know, we're past late. my girl. Good la- well, we, we already talked about it. I'm around to Chuck and Larry. So. Oh, okay. So there we go. All right. Sandman Thank threw you. him a bone, which, once again, God bless the Sandman. He can tell when somebody's struggling. He's always going to throw him a fucking bone. So He takes so care of the ones right that, there. you know, he was like, hey, we never shared time together on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> but you paved the way for me, friend, you know. For sure. What a great guy. Yeah. He, he, a couple of snappy dressers, a couple oh, of funny SNL yeah, alums. Yeah. Either way, Aykroyd's like, oh, I'm going to steal this fucking Detroit job out from under Martin Blank now. We've learned that Martin Blank has yet to do the Detroit job. And right. then we learned that, oh, shit, the reunion's about to happen. Yeah. So he's got to go to that before he can do the job. We suddenly have a ticking clock element happening. Yes, sir. We got to be getting pretty deep into this fucking movie right yep. here. Like, I, I don't know. This is, yep. this is progressing nicely as far as narrative forward thrust goes, in my humble opinion. I don't remember if you mentioned or not, but in his conversation with Cusack, or in Cusack's conversation with mm-hmm. Ackroyd, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. also mentions, hey, just let me do this job. It's probably could be my last job. Yeah, that's right. And Ackroyd's like, don't you fucking, who do you think you're talking to here, yeah. man? I'm not biting that sort of it's bullshit. Not. But Cusack's serious. Next scene, uh, Dr. Oatman, I would say, is uh, he's talking to Martin on the phone. So he's picked up the phone here when we see he's been dodging his calls. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say he's eating a burrito. Looked but like. In, but in 1997, I'm going to say this is probably actually a wrap. Because that was like peak, like, rap era 1997 when people were like, you know what health food is? Wraps. Instead of eating like something, you take you take that something and then wrap it up in a 300 calorie tortilla and then it becomes health food. So I'm thinking he's probably eating some sort of disgusting wrap in this uh, scene, uh, seeing as he's like a Jewish psychiatrist and not just like a guy who would order a burrito into his office uh, midday. Still looked to me like he was just thinking eating just, Taco just Bell without a, a fucking burrito. Seven layers. So I like to think that because that's, that's how I'd be fucking living if I was a psychiatrist of the big cushy office Hell with yeah. the leather bound volumes and uh oak desks and whatnot all of it for for sure but uh this conversation was very brief and it felt to me like they were just like oh you know what we forgot about that there's a psychiatrist character yeah. we we had in this movie that was important to it and uh he's got a couple of great actors doing yeah. this back and forth i guess maybe we should reestablish that he exists even though there's really nothing new to say and it's a shame because Fucking, you know, Arkin and Cusack. These guys got right. great chemistry. I want to see they a lot sure more do. fucking scenes with these two guys together. It becomes a theme where every time Arkin appears, it's a little less than the time before. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Next scene, he's picking up Debbie 
for the fucking we're, we're there we're yeah. at the 10-year reunion like big selling point in this he, movie he works through uh, his little a hitman who goes to his 10-year reunion how would that look he works through his little anxiety breakdown yeah. you know uh meanwhile debbie's like fucking he's late is he standing me up again? again i'm gonna call him and give him a piece of my mind we see a little scene where the the phone in his hotel room's ringing but he ain't there but somebody else is and they pick up the little invitation to the reunion like Okay, maybe I'm going to go to the reunion too. Could this be fucking the human thumb himself? Class Lapu Bells? Make sure you're dressed to kill. To kill. So, yeah, that's a good little pun right there. Uh, so, once again, just a little stakes raising. We know the reunion's going to start. Yeah. He's got assassins on his tail. A lot of Ackroyd's things. trying to snake his fucking last job that he has to do in order to get out of the life. A lot of, a things lot of going stuff on. happening. Luckily for Debbie, Martin actually shows up so she doesn't have to shatter into a million pieces again and just live in that high school bedroom for the rest of her life. At least another 10. Yeah, he's like, all right, let's go to the fucking uh, the reunion. But first, let me meet your dad because I haven't seen him since fucking high school. Like, right. Probably I should talk to that guy. Classic dad shit right here. Mm-hmm. He's just alone in a chair, drunk on scotch. Yeah. Just uh, talking cynically about everything. My dad didn't really do that when I was a kid. When I say didn't really do that, he didn't do that at all. Mm. But uh, That's a shame. It seemed weird when I was younger, but Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older and drink a lot, uh I'm always just like, man, that looks very appealing just sitting there by yourself. I wonder how often kids realize that they're, or what age they get to before they realize like, oh, yeah. Dad was just always drunk every time I yeah. saw him. Like, just yeah. when he was sitting in that chair, it's because he was drunk on scotch of it. I just missed like out the whole on time. That. Yeah. Also, like, he's some banter back and forth about, like, what do you do? Oh, I kill people. You're still like a miserable fucking capitalist who exploits people. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Pretty you much. Know, whatever. So, you know. Hence being drunk on scotch in the chair. You they know, everybody's got their demons. Everybody's yeah. fucking dragging their yeah. demons around, yeah. especially in this movie. I sell a little bit of my soul every day and make up for it with uh, vices. Got to kill it with booze. Yeah. Uh, at the reunion, they show up. Government guys are in the parking lot, like, diagnosing Martin Blank. Like, oh, I think he's falling in love with her right yeah. now. Oh, no, no. I think he's fucking using her for something, blah, 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 blah. Really great fucking line here where uh, Mr. Trick just says, her hair looks really nice. Yeah. He's just very sincere about it, and it just is out of nowhere. It makes no fucking sense. Like, that fucking got me right there. He was sincerely moved by how good Minnie Driver's hair looked up in uh, the little fucking quaff right here. He liked it. He, he really did like he it. He did. He did. And we should say also, I think that We Care A Lot's playing over the soundtrack as yeah. uh, they arrived to the... Well, it's a dirty mm-hmm. job, but somebody's got to do, do it. I went to a show last night, and I saw a gentleman wearing a Mr. Bungle shirt. What kind of a show? I saw Quasi open for John Spencer and the Hitmakers. Oh, wow. At the Shubas. Uh, that's something else. I didn't know that uh, you were at the age where you were still going to uh, shows. Did you, have to Transformative. Put in, did you have to put in earplugs? Did you have to put plugs in your ears? No, Shubas. Small enough venue where it wasn't too bad. Yeah, but you got that ring in even on a normal huh? afternoon. <laughs> huh? Who? Who? When? What? Yeah. 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 That's my life. Down. Picking up what you're putting down right here. Uh, so anyways, uh, they walk in and just like everybody's there and they're all 28 year olds in the Midwest. So, yeah. you know, what do they got to talk about who they got married to and how many kids they have? That's it. That's their whole life's goddamn. It's fucking hell. Yep. All right. At this point, you're reunited with the girl. Right. That was the point. 
She's already like hung out with you at a bar and stuff. Yeah. Why would you go to the actual reunion at this point? There's nothing for nobody there. The the reason you go to the reunion is because the girl's going to be there, and that's where you got to naturally find a way to reunite with her. We're past all that. So one of my big hangups about this movie makes no fucking sense that these two would actually walk into this high school reunion because, God... Fuck it. Who wants who wants to be in this situation? Small she's, talk is the worst. She's making him jump through hoops though. Like it's, it's Yeah, but he had to beg her to go to the fucking reunion. She right. wasn't gonna do it. It's but is it part of his re- Also, she's been in this town. Like she's gotta run into these people all the fucking time. He brings up later and not to spoil, but when he's trying to come clean with her about his intentions and what he's doing and how he's working on his mm, redemption mm-hmm, story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the the reunion, them attending, is important because to him, it is a part of redemption for standing her up at the prom. Oh, interesting. What's up? Nothing. I'm just fiddling with the little okay. things right here. You could just keep going. But yeah, yeah, I guess that is an important thing. Like, uh, I think it's important it's, to uh, It mirrors a prom, whereas yeah. uh, are you going to show yeah. up for this thing that you didn't show up before? And it's it's it's, uh, it's symbolic to her as well because she keeps making him jump through hoops to see if he'll get to that next of, you know, like, hey, you showed up and we got here. So guys handing you business cards yeah. and, like, personalized pens for whatever scam they're running. That was Ramon. Fucking terrible right here. Uh, and I wrote, like, what do high school reunions look like these days? Do people just hi- hand you, like, QR codes that take you to, like, the Facebook page for their MLM scam or whatever at this point? Or is it still, like, business cards? No. Like, we've probably moved on to grosser, like, Facebook fucking uh, get-rich-quick schemes. My experience was it was just everybody, like, sheepishly explaining what they were doing. So I do a thing that's uh, really soul-sucking and uh, really boring to talk about. Yeah. I assume you do as well. Uh, Let's make polite conversation about it and nod at each other while we... uh, you know, just uh, gloss over the details a, of a, our miserable day-to-day lives. At a 10-year, that's got to be at a case. Like, at the 20-year, it was a lot of, like, people just being like, oh, no, I've got three kids. How many kids? That i got, many kids. Yeah. What's that kid It's doing? like, oh, you're oh, very accomplished with kids, how many kids, kids. people of yourself you've created. Uh, so they run into a, one guy who is a wrestling manager, question yeah. mark I put. He's explaining about how he right. manages wrestlers. He sure does. It's, it's weird. Yeah. But also he reveals that he was the guy who called into the radio station earlier with yeah. a stoner voice. and was like, don't take him back, bro. And yeah. I was like, great callback, gross point blank. That's him setting some shit up and paying it off for later. Way to come right clean, dude. Jenna Elfman's there wearing some sort of neck brace, doing bits about how she was in a horrible car wreck. That's uh, that's, that's some good stuff for her to work with. It's a little, little shout out to uh, fucking 16 Candles and Joan Cusack's character. Oh, she had that going on in that movie. Yeah. Huh? I mean, I probably haven't seen that one since it came out in the 1980s. Yeah, she's playing Cusack. That's the character. one with uh, the little raper guy following her around. Anthony Michael been, Hallway? Like, no. Or Big Dick Dong? Uh, the guy from uh, Charlie Sheen's show. John Which Cryer. one is that? Which that the whole movie yeah. he's just Ducky. like yeah just the yeah. little fucking weirdo and who big like dick donger follows her around yeah. and it's just like a creep but at the end she's like you know what no, that's i pretty do like you yeah that's, that's right pretty pink. that one's yeah. awful uh fucking uh the movie's fucking atrocious 16 candles is yeah, anthony michael where, hallway yeah, like family fucking forgets her. their yeah. whole birthday yeah. and she's yeah. like i'm cute and sad yeah 
you know, Adam Carolla would tell you she wasn't even the hot one in the family. It was her sister that was the hot one because they grew up in the same neighborhood. Yeah. You know that, Matt? You know that about Adam Carolla? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Ace Rockola? You, you know, he's got some... Oh, Ace Rockola? You ever told you about it? He's got some history with the Ringwald? He said a couple things about a few things. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you're fully on board with that. Either way, you could tell why this chick ended up becoming Dharma because she's just working this... Uh, Little opportunity. Such a good show. Right here. Dharma and Greg. Oh, yeah, one of the best. Piven's here. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, ooh, fucking something weird's happening with my notes. Let's, uh, uh, let's uh, relaunch it. Officer Terry shows here. up for a second just to be like, hey, John Cusack, I've got a gun here. <laughs> that <laughs> That's never, some good stuff. That never really comes back. And uh, what's great, too, and what Piven fucking uh, nails here is he shows up just scratching his nose and giving off serious oh, choke energy. Oh, so much. And then I, I realized, like, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Every single person... Martin Blank is coming across is on cocaine. Oh, every one of them. people who are in high school in the 80s. Yeah. It's their 10-year reunion. So much coke. And they're all doing blow in 1997. And I saw this shit in 1997 as a high schooler. Yeah. Like, didn't hang out with any Not coke connecting heads, the dots. Avoided the coke heads. There really weren't any. It was still all like hallucinogens and mushroom 60s throwback at that yeah. point. Coke hadn't really come back. Wasn't just like, oh, these people are drunk and crazy. This is a comedy. I'm like, no, they're doing specific... Cokehead jokes here. Yeah. Every one of these people are yayed out of their fucking brains. Right. Now that I'm an adult, and unfortunately, you cannot avoid the cokeheads in the world. You can yeah. deal with them on a daily basis. It's things you start picking up on. Jenny Slater shows up. She's still looking good. She wants to talk to Martin Blank. Right. Piven's like, hey, Jenny Slater. Hey, yeah. Jenny Slater. Hey, Jenny Slater. Right. She's ignoring his ass. Not She's fucking stonewalling him. Great little bits. Little security guards guys here. He's on fucking coke. Great right. shit. Fucking everybody's everybody's doing blow. Other than the chick with the baby. Well, we get to the next scene yeah. where Cusack. Martin's like, hey, a real human being over there. I yeah. remember you. You're probably not. You're fucking not on coke, right? Gate out of your mind right yeah. now with a ten year reunion. And she's like, oh, hey, what's up? I had this little baby. I brought it to the reunion. Why don't you uh, hold my baby hold while I do second, cocaine? Because I gotta, you know. Go fucking take a mean shit in the bathroom or whatever. She does Probably cocaine. gonna do some fucking cocaine yeah. for sure. We had this great little scene where Martin Blank just holding this fucking baby out. Doesn't this really is... know how to interact with a baby. Never held a baby in his life. But something happens here. Something happens here. This is earlier. We forgot to talk about Baby's it. Baby's looking at him with childlike innocence. Mini Driver talks about... Uh, I forget what the word she uses, but there's a thing... That uh, another culture describes as a spiritual oh, kick. Kick to the to head. The head. It changes your life forever. Just changes perspective, man. Mm -hmm. This is what he gets here. This baby. He's rocked. This guy's been... To his core. Completely separated from yeah. humanity, yeah. innocence, any any sort of thing like that for so long. Hey, just hey. Return to innocence, yeah. you know? Not something I can relate yeah. to, whatever. But no, no. Under Pressure is playing on the soundtrack right oh, now. Oh, my bad. Yeah, so... Yeah. Either way... Great, great, great little jam, great little jam. But uh, uh this, I don't know. This this moment is a little corny, but it works for me. The baby sells it. Great baby yeah. actor. John Cusack sells it. Great. It's uh, he's really working it like a fucking like a just like an alien picking up a, a human yeah. baby and being like, what is this object yeah. right here? It works. For some reason, I am drawn to it. Then Debbie shows up and is like, oh, I'll fucking hold the baby. I'm a chick. I like to do that. And now these two are just like handling babies together and like. Yeah. You're fucking a couple people, like, maybe going to start dating again, maybe not, like, I don't know. You're like, uh, uh, maybe like a, ooh, we're talking, it's not official yeah. sort of thing people say. You start passing a baby back and forth, 
That chick's going to have her hooks in you real quick, Matt. Mm. Chick's going to get her hooks mm. in you real quick. You start passing babies back and forth. Mm. They sniff that's, it. They, that's the how air. this shit happens, yeah. man. Fucking ovaries just start working instantly. Right. Did you hear that factory fucking gearing up? Churning. 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 Steam starts coming out of places. Yeah. Fucking. That's why. You're trapped, bro. If you live with a woman, that's why their poops are so insane. All yeah. that factory Crazy shit going poops. on in their guts. It's all because all that churning, man. Yeah. Whether you put that a for years. baby in there or not, that factory's still running and. It's just a weird mix-up in their guts. Bobby Beamer shows up oh. after this. The guy who earlier we heard about up. him, who used to pick on Piven in high school, but then yeah. Piven bought a BMW from him. Yeah. Instantly, fucking full-court press on Minnie Driver. Oh, and yeah. Gives her the fucking classic line, want to do some blow? That's a cool thing to say to a lady. So, yeah, fucking we're expressly talking about the cocaine at this point. Right. Um, fucking Martin's giving him the uh, passive-aggressive, hi, it's Martin. It's me, Martin from high school. Remember me? Yeah. To which so much fucking Lertz energy, as I described Ooh. it. In my, uh, if, 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 if you know the if name you, Lertz, you know you who know I'm him, talking about here. You know. uh, just, uh, we're talking real shit from yeah. real high school right yeah. here. This, these, these are real people you can come across in your life, and you will fucking know. Never tell. He gets in his face, and he's like, I'm drawing a complete blank. blank. That's like, like two inches yeah. from his face. Fucking totally fucking cokehead zoned out. Yeah. But like fucking ugh, in the fucking yeah. zone at the same time. Just going to give you enough to let Love you it. know I yeah. know. It's like I fucking know this guy who's yeah. just aggressive at every moment and yeah. out of his mind on substances every yeah. moment. Fucking yeah. this is real life in the Midwest. We've known so many of those guys through so the years. So many of those guys. Chet. Oh, yeah. Before there was alerts, there was Chet. Chet, I was getting Chet some, the Jet. Later in the poetry scene, I was getting some real Millsap energy Ooh, off of him. Yeah, these are all, totally. These are these are people. Yeah. These are the Daves I know. You see that these are the Daves sixth I season know, of uh, Kids in the Hall got announced? No. All those old assholes are getting together and doing a sixth season of Kids in the Hall. Oh, my God. For like Amazon why? Prime or something. Oh, somebody. Okay. Either way, the trailer looks amazing. Check was big enough. All the classic characters coming back. Fucking, like, I'll watch uh, it. looks it. fucking great. Oh. Uh, next scene, he's talking with Debbie in the rafters. I go to night school. <laughs> Let my love open the doors on the soundtrack here. What it's is a weird that? Which like, alternate take of it? Which old school rocker from That's a group Pete solo? Townsend. Pete Townsend, yeah, solo Pete Townsend. Yeah. That's him. Like, what a lame fucking track I don't, for you to put out, Pete Townsend. I don't want to use this word in a derogatory term. Oh, okay, but you don't need to. That song, do anyways. Really gay. <laughs> Fucking gay? Yeah. In the classical yeah. sense, not as a slur towards homosexuals. No, no, we no, love no, no, on this no. podcast. Right, right, right. You know, when Pete Townsend they keep their wrote yards well kept, you yeah. know, they're just solid sure. neighbors for sure. When Pete Townsend wrote that song in the 80s, mm-hmm. everybody was like, that works. Yeah. And then, like, as soon as we got to the 90s, it became what the United States called gay. Yeah. It was like, yeah. oh, God, we thought. Fucking I'm in the mood for a melody was a mad, bad solo yeah. track. Turns out it was formerly cool rocker. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Pretty cool compared to this. Yeah. Either way, they're having a real heart to heart here. This is this is kind of the heart of their like uh, interaction, this conversation where she's like, I know I called you broken earlier, but I don't think you're broken. I just think you're a little messed up. I think we can yeah. fix this. And he's trying to play it cool, but he knows like 
Uh, you don't actually sprained. know what's going on because yeah. I fucking kill a bunch of people. Right. If you ever heard that, you'd be fucking out the door real fucking quick. <laughs> I'm just trying to enjoy the moment here. And yeah. then, like, uh, he tells her, yeah, I'm sorry I fucked up your life. Yeah. To which I wrote, like, wow, what an apology. Yeah. I've been waiting for that apology from, like, two dozen people I think oh. I can name. You get a, you get an apology like that, like, oh, huh. finally? Finally, I'm gonna hear that shit. Like uh, that would that would do a lot for me right now, Matt. I thought it was very do a lot for that. I thought it was very presumptuous of him to think that he made that much of an impact. Look, man, but he's, clearly he, he did. sees her living in her fucking childhood fucking bedroom, yeah. Yeah. working at a fucking low range I, radio station. This chick is messed. Uh, I respect the romantic aspect of it. The uh, you know love that couldn't be put together and mm. he wants to mm. make it whole. But like if I fucking started sniffing around like he did and yeah, saw right. what he saw, I would have just been like fucking Homer Simpson into the bushes. Oh shit. You know, I you know this just, is, like, Ooh, just a hit and quit it situation. Like, uh, we're going to get one more nostalgia bone out of this. And then chicks fucking nuts, man. Gotta who, get out of here. Who are we kidding? Nate, you know me, you know, this was my MO. For sure, you would have been sticking around. Damaged goods. At least a year and a half. Sign it up. At least a year and a half. Uh, They go down to fucking, you know, do a little dancing and even some light smooching to the end of uh, Let My Love Open the Door. But then a fast song starts. So uh, everybody's everybody's fast dancing. And this is where we learn in the background of this scene. Piven's dancing with Jenny Slater now. Oh, yeah. Somehow his cokehead energy got himself in there, probably because she needed to do a bunch of blow, too, and he was fucking holding. But he's doing some great fucking moves right here. He's getting in there. He's definitely got some plans for the evening. She seems to be on board with it. So, like, fucking Piven is working some magic in this scene. Is is this also the scene where Bobby DiStepolo's doing the fucking coke dancing? Oh, that's probably happening. I was—I had my eyes on Piven. I bet there's a few cool things happening in this frame. There's the scene in, in specific where DeStepolo is just whipping his head every which way, just doing major <laughs> coke dancing. Yeah, that sounds really like, good. Drops to his knees For and sure. it's just like coke, coke, yeah, coke, love coke. that. Uh, next scene, uh, our, our favorite couple goes to uh, make out in the nurse's office. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like uh, fucking this little like. Uh, once again, like some classic like screwball romance yeah. 40s shit where she like smacks him in the face real hard yeah. and is like, ha, but still we're going to make out. This is our back and forth repartee yeah. that we do, yeah. me and you. Fucking, so I'm just like, oh, this is fun, whatever. But the nurses, obviously, yeah, they're going to get up in the bed. Are they going to about to bang on that bed they where do. little kids get like their temperatures checked mm-hmm. and stuff? Is good? Yes. That's definitely what they're doing. Yeah. It's just fucking definitely what happens. This She's like, you made good. Mm. You got me to the reunion. Time we to can fuck have now. sex on public property yeah. because now we are both once again whole mm-hmm. and uh, psychologically stable. When two become one. Oh, that's my favorite Spice Girls song, and you know that about me. <sighs> Need some love like I never needed love before. French Phenom shows up meanwhile and is sure uh, here to kill everybody. I just wrote his face is so fucking weird and his body is just so lumpy like a big bag of rocks. And I love how the chick who checks people in at the table is like so boned up by the side of him. Like, yeah. hey, who are you? I don't remember somebody so sexy and weird going to this high school. The best way I can describe this guy is if you had... If you recasted 
Amy Sedaris. Oh, in the, I'm liking it so far. In the role of No Country for Old Men as uh, uh, Javier Bardem's right, character. Right, sure. A little yeah. Anton Chigurh. Yeah. But if you uh, had her drag. play Anton Chigurh, it works. I think it looks like this guy. I think it would work uh, like in you this see movie that, right? or in a movie now. Yeah, if Just anybody if, did. If, or if, if Anton Chigurh fucked strangers with candy, this is their baby. And, you know, he might have. We don't know. Who's to say, man? Behind the scenes here. Yeah. So uh, after this, uh, we've established this. Uh, Martin's leaving the nurse. I guess it was just like a quickie, and now she's got to go clean herself up in like the sink where like kids wash their uh, yeah. their wounds or if whatever. There's... They get like that finger cut. Like uh, she's just got like the gooch like up in that little like handheld sink right now, just splashing some water up on it. Or he raw dogged it. Oh yeah, and then uh-huh. chicks will do that squat over the sink, and sure, then they just put yeah, a couple yeah. fingers and they That's scoop. A classic. Just she's probably doing the, the classic two finger scoop. You drag yeah, the rake through it, you know. That's what she's doing right there, as flick. we see. But Martin, he's cool, right. so he's just out in the hallway now, like going back, whatever. Runs into Beamer Bob right. again, who delivers maybe my favorite line of the movie. Uh huh. Debbie Newberry, huh? You gonna hit that shit again? <laughs> right. <laughs> fucking, fucking love that guy. He's the realest motherfucker Classic. in the movie so he far. So he goes from just like a caveman misogyny to now just like trying to pick a fight, getting yeah. in his face, like I'm gonna put my foot up your ass. Yeah. Martin blinks like, hey man, like. I don't even fucking think about you ever. Like, there's nothing going on between us. That's, like, what the I hell, like, man? I like what like, he says here. Yeah, this is, there is no us. We don't even exist. And then this guy goes straight from just like constant coke at aggression to just like I've got poetry in my pocket. I want to yeah. read it to you, which seems like a over the top comedic turn. But once again, we know these people. Yeah, these are real life Midwestern yeah. people yeah. who you meet in small yeah. towns. Beamer Bob is real. I've been cornered by people right. wanting to read their poetry to me and dive bars I don't know how many times. We got we got read poetry around the clock before we even got to the oh, dive bars. The Drake's poetry? You know the one. Can we talk about the Drake's poetry and how insipid that drivel was? Oh, I don't remember the exact words. I don't remember words. anything about it. It was transcendent. I don't remember though. anything. He walked in on us talking about how terrible it was and then he got real upset about it oh i forgot about that no wonder he was shitty to me when i saw him oh, last yeah, that's time. right he was like oh, i see you guys are making fun of me <laughs> yeah sorry the drake you remember to, to be fair we didn't know you were behind us when we were talking about how awkward it was when you read us all your poetry i forget which chick he was trying to bang that i was also probably banging all of them but and then he took the one home and his car got stuck in the snow oh, you and he tried to push that. it out and then so they tried for driving a four banger yeah he tried to put the board underneath the wheel to get a little traction oh. and the chick gassed it and the board shot just shot right out in right shin, into his probably. shin and he just oh. hit the ground the tales of the man. drake <laughs> so uh so he reads martin his poetry and yeah. it's a nice little moment they bond and then he hits the ends of the scene with his catchphrase you want to do some blow? Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. I think he's out of the movie at this point, but Beamer Bob, you were an MVP. Mini Driver sure. saw the whole thing and is like, yeah, like, I've really... I picked, like how he handled that. I picked the right person to he's let enter not me. not a violent person. Right. Like, at he's all. He's clearly a pacifist in every yeah. way. That's going to be great for us going forward. Yeah. Piven's going I'm low is my next uh, Whoa. point because we cut back to the Piven got low, low, Piven's low, not low, just low, dancing low, with Jenny low, Slater anymore. Low. He's like fucking getting down face to crotch level, doing some fucking yeah. like limbo type moves to her with like some hip pivots going on. I'm like, yeah. looking limber, Piven. All right. Yeah, he's doing I'll good. I'll fucking right, he's man. He's doing good. 
Meanwhile, Martin go, tries to go check out his old locker Sh- up, in the, yeah, up in the hallways yeah, of the yeah. high school, and uh, he runs a follow that French assassin who comes out of nowhere, and they're instantly just kick-punching at each other. Just yeah. Like, big, cool fucking fight here. Great really, hallway fight. Really like the hallway fight here. It's Good uh, stuff. Not overly choreographed, but well no. choreographed. They're in there tight. They're hitting hard. It looks great. There's a certain realism to it. And this guy, professional kickboxer, uh, John Cusack, famously plays a kickboxing enthusiast and say anything. So it makes sense that these guys would be able to kick each other totally. very, very fucking well. Uh, they some on-the-ground grappling happens yeah. after like the initial kicking and punching. Yeah. Some real just like... Close up in each other's faces, like straining, just like real, just like like, mm, people trying to survive. People triangle, triangle ends. Little callback. Fucking our boy gave him that pen, that personalized pen for his fucking Ramon. Ramon gave it the pool boy. Fucking the pool boy. He shanks that guy in the neck with that fucking pen right there. A little callback. How are you gonna kill this guy in a hand to hand? I got a pen in my pocket. Set it up, pay pops it off. It. Love it. Pops Love it right that shit in right there. jugular right That's there. some classic screenwriting, yeah. full circle. Unfortunately, Debbie comes in at the end and yeah. sees him covered in blood murdering a guy with a pen and is like, ooh, what the fuck, man? This ain't for me. Turns around, kind of like a little bitch, just like, oh, man, I see this guy that like, I'm yeah. really close to, uh, clearly in some sort of horribly violent fight uh he's killing somebody thank god he got the upper hand i would think no she's just like oh my god violence i gotta leave meanwhile piven's coming up the stairs and is like where's our boy sees that martin blank has killed somebody like a bro is instantly just like well i'm connected now let me help you fucking dispose of this body we're in this together is there any wonder that fucking bros before hoes is a thing in this world that everybody should stick to man Watch this fucking scene if you want to know about it right here, why that shit exists. I tell you what I do like about this, though, oh, with oh, Minnie Driver yeah. riding, mm-hmm. running yeah. off. I'd, I'd love to hear it. I like that when she discovers the body, she doesn't do like the whole, like, I expected more out of you, run away. Oh, she, she's just horrified. Yeah, right. And I like <laughs> Horrified that. at the scene of yeah. grisly death. Right. And I, and, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they mm-hmm. didn't go mm-hmm. the heavy-handed, like, no, bullshit yeah, romantic this, comedy. Yeah, like, sure, I sure. thought you were more than this. It's not an overwritten scene. And it's like, bitch, it's a dead body. And she just plays it as, bitch, that's a dead body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Like, yeah, I'm running off screaming yeah. like I'm in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> anything like that. Pippin's my boy, though. Uh, oh, yeah. He's a good dude. Uh, annoying, annoying Zigloof Balloons starts playing yeah. on the soundtrack as they got to, like, tear down tarps and roll up this body. And then they take him down into the, uh, the old boiler, boiler room. room. And I'm like, are they going to throw this guy in some sort of comical old-timey boiler and act like it's just going to incinerate his entire body and it's never going to be uh, discovered? Nate. Like the entire building wouldn't fill up with the smell of like roasting human flesh after Nate. they tried this or whatever. Is that yes. what they're gonna fucking do it? And the yes. answer is yes. The answer is yes. This is yeah. this is exactly what they fucking right. do. And Cusack tells uh, Piven, "Thanks. Yeah, nobody's gonna come looking for this guy." And Piven's just like, "All right, man. Cool. Cool. Looks, yeah. Looks no like problem. we're done. Great. Let's go get a drink." They go back to the party. Yeah. Once again, hilariously. Everybody's fucking crashed out because they've all just ran all through their fucking cocaine high. And now they're just all half asleep in the room. Also, never got these cocaine jokes watching this movie as a oh, kid in the 1990s. Right. They're all fucking nailing me right now, and I'm loving it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fucking uh, 
they get a final drink, uh, take the edge off of just disposing of a body. Uh, Cusack sees Ramon and is like, uh, take care of yourself, kid. Thanks for the pen. Yep. Great line. Great line right there. Thanks for the pen. Because of murder. Back at the hotel, Martin's uh, watching TV. Oh, 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 oh. There's Robin. a little line there at the end, too, oh, where okay, uh, okay. fucking Piven kind of gives him a, a half a second to be like, bro, what the fuck's really going on here? And Cusack just doesn't really give him anything more than like, I told you I'm a killer. Yeah. He didn't lie. Tell Debbie sorry. Didn't lie the whole time. He's like, I'm getting out of here. You know. Goes bye. back to the hotel, calls Dr. Oatman, fires him. Right. Sort of an over-the-top comic scene here where fucking uh, Arkin's just like, oh, I'm so sick of hearing from this guy. I'm going to smash the phone. And yeah. I don't really get what's happening in this scene. I think this is, once again, just like a, we introduced this character got fucking these two great actors to like do it like uh we didn't really know where the psychiatrist like fucking patient dynamic was going though right. we gotta write this guy off seemed very abrupt to me didn't like that shit um mm. uh i would have just preferred just, him leaving the voicemail yeah sure sure yeah I, I didn't need the comical like uh it was like a what about bob scene yeah. really at this point it's like fucking richard dreyfus just like my rope here. It's not the movie we're telling no, it's here. Not, this is not what's going on. I was like, all right, but what's going on in fucking Martin Blank's head right here? Is he at the end of his rope? Yeah. Rock bottom after blowing this Debbie thing? Suicide time? Right. Is he about to fucking kill himself? Suicide time? Debbie shows up at the door of the hotel room and I guess she's gathered. Oh, shit. And she's like, uh, what's going on? Like, uh, did you really kill that guy? Like, what the fuck's up there? It's time for him to explain, like, how he murders people. Yeah. And it's okay. He does a really bad job of it, Matt. Yeah, he does. He's like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, I went away to the army. I started killing people. Yeah. They, they, they could tell that I would want to kill people. Eventually, after you kill enough people, you just when you start liking killing people, and she's like, "Oh God, like, I've heard well, enough." Fucking well, later on, bro, that came out wrong. He did a real bad job. Yeah. And then he tried, the last seconds trying to get her with a, I mean, everybody's doing it type. Yeah. Of, oh no. Yeah. No. Oh, my that's, that's not gonna do yeah. it. Get another quick scene here at Joan Cusack being awesome. She's just uh gleefully pouring gasoline all over the office and while like smoking banging the hard drives and the computers the giant fucking like rubber mallets yeah. like smoking and destroying everything just a gem just takes this nothing character and turns it into just like fun scene after fun scene right here uh martin calls her up and is like yeah you're taking care of getting rid of everything now that we're not going to be doing this shit anymore wonderful wonderful also i left you a big fucking brick of cash yeah. under the desk yeah she pulls that shit out just Let's out a guttural hurrah or whatever, which I fucking enjoyed. That's like at least a hundred yeah, grand. Great, right there. great fucking reaction here. That's She's a doing fucking stack. great, great send off for what should have been a thankless character, made very memorable by the great Joan Cusack. Yeah. Uh, Check out that Cameron Diaz movie she's I in. I definitely will. You're going to like that. happen later on. Uh, Martin finally looks at the file of the job he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like, oh, let's get this out of the way, I guess, now that my life's over and I'm still got to be a murderer forever. Uh, wait, the target is Debbie's dad? Roll, Record roll. scratch. Looks like we're going into the third act real fucking quick. Real fast. Yeah, this is like a... This may be like a four-act movie, because I felt like we were going into the third act when we were going into the fucking reunion, and yeah. now like we've got a fourth act going right yeah. here, so yeah. Little, little, uh, little, little strange structure here, but uh, we're getting through it. 
Ackroyd's about to snipe the dad, but Blink rolls up in his car and snatches him. Yep. Takes the old man back home. Ackroyd's fucking pissed. But this gives Martin an opportunity to make good with Debbie. What a better fucking uh, excuse to put yourself right back in her house. Mm -hmm. I'm saving your dad's life from Mm -hmm. paid assassins. So uh, he starts motor-mouthing, finally laying it all out like, look, this is why I left on prom. Mm -hmm. This is what I've been doing. I realized I was a fucking monster. Yeah. I realized I couldn't be with you because I was a monster. Now I've been a monster for a long time. I've had a couple of like big epitome moments. I held a baby. I held a baby. I saw like the fields in Saudi Arabia burning or something. Whatever he says is kind of weird and out of nowhere. I saved a kid playing doom that fucking like whole like a uh, fucking speech from blade runner like i've, yeah. I've seen fucking beams, beams and whatever garbage <laughs> trucks on the all that nonsense he gives her that fucking speech and she, he's just firing rounds through doors and through windows yeah. casually killing like this we got a siege situation here all yeah. these paid assassins yeah. trying to get in everybody in the fucking whole uh assassins guild that dan Aykroyd's put together i like he locks them in there and he starts explaining himself to him and he just blindly shoots through the front door, doesn't acknowledge it, no. continues to talk to them, and then he goes about his business. And then I like how many drivers like, I wonder who's behind that front door. Right. And she opens it up to find the dead body. It's a corpse. But then we get that of course it's a corpse. Beautiful visual of Dan Aykroyd running out of the van with his two <laughs> guns in hand, just ready to He's fucking got unload two guns. them both. Two guns in an old man jacket. It's just, That's fucking what he does. Just arms in, like, just so yeah, joyous. Just the epitome <laughs> of the tone of this movie. Just like, oh, we're over here doing this fast-talking relationship shit. But yeah. also, in the background, vi- extreme violence is happening. Yeah. And we're not even acknowledging it. So, yeah, Ackroyd's my next big bullet point. I just wrote popcorn really big. Oh, yeah. Because this is where he starts... Blank throws the dad and the girl up in, like, the fucking tub in the upstairs bathroom... Ackroyd's downstairs in the house being a maniac doing his weird shit where he's singing she'll be coming around the mountain oh yeah but then yelling popcorn over and over again yeah don't know what it means no but it's the thing I took away from this movie the most Dan Ackroyd yelling popcorn yeah every time he's ready to kill somebody or something it's weird choices Guarantee it doesn't exist on the page in the script oh yeah no that's something pure weird fucking Ackroyd yeah but uh yeah fucking uh this goes on. Uh, he's still doing his apology while murdering people. Uh, eventually, he makes his way downstairs. Ackroyd's fucking doing his shtick where he's just emptying pistols yep. of every single bullet in them, tossing them on the ground, and then pulling two more pistols out of nowhere. It's amazing shit. These guys are doing cat and mouse shooting at each other from like over the breakfast nook and whatnot. There's a hilarious bit where Hank Azaria, fucking Mr. Trick pop in through the fucking back door and they're like, you forgot we were in this movie, didn't you, yeah. motherfuckers? We got you now. You're trying to kill John Cusack. We'll kill you. Both of them just turn, Ackroyd and Cusack, and just murder the fuck out of them instantly. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's kind of hilarious. So these guys, we spent so much time following their fruitless nothing yeah. B-plot in this movie just to have them killed instantly out of nowhere. And it's an, it's such a nice scene, too, because Cusack just turns and shoots out of instinct. Mm-hmm. And his face just says like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, right. where'd you guys come Chaos. from? What's going Chaos on here? Happening everywhere. And Aykroyd 
Got a huge fucking grin on yeah, his face. Yeah, I got a chance to unload two yeah. pistols every bullet into somebody and then toss them on the ground and then pull two more pistols it out. Just, it's That's more what to, I do. Popcorn! More to show you that Cusack's, his heart's not in this anymore, mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. So anyways, they get into some more banter. Martin's like, oh, I'm out of bullets. And uh, Aykroyd's like, oh, let's keep it fair. I'll fucking... <laughs> Give you some another right. gun, like I right. fucking charge you, whatever. Like uh, these guys, this is a love hate relationship with yeah. these two. And, uh, fucking Cusack's like, all right, man, like I'll take your gun. There's like, an understanding. Toss it over here. Toss it over here. But he's got a plan, Matt. Yeah, he's got a Freddy Krueger. As soon as he tosses the gun, welcome fucking, to prime time, bitch. Welcome to prime time, bitch. He picks up a classic 1990s box TV yep. that weighs 65 pounds. Yeah. breaks it over Dan Aykroyd's head. That motherfucker's dead. Yeah. Aykroyd really sells it here, too. Oh, yeah. He's fucking... He's Aykroyd. He's doing yeah. the work. He is a fucking legend for a reason. When's Tarantino gonna write a bring back Aykroyd Thank and make you. him a star again movie? Right? I feel like maybe this is something that needs to happen. Yeah. Can we get that together, Tarantino? Mr. Oh, I'm retired again. Yeah. Oh, I'm not making any more fucking movies. I just buy old weird theaters in L.A. and play crap from the 70s. Gay porn. Write Aykroyd a role, man. He deserves it. Danny Axe. I can't wait till Tarantino becomes the gay porn king of L.A. It's again. It's bound to happen. So anyways, uh, he's dead. Everybody's dead. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, scene ends with Martin going upstairs and asking Deb to marry him. Yeah, after she shoots at him. And the, Yeah, he, he ducks a bullet, though, because he's Martin fucking blank. Right. And uh, the dad comically says, you got my blessing. <laughs> fucking jokes, Goddamn man. right. Jokes. How are we going to end this movie? Just put the Violent Femmes back on the soundtrack. Yep. Get some helicopter shots of fucking Deb and Martin driving away yeah. together all happy. They're leaving this one-horse town to go, I don't know where. A little bit of uh, Deb voiceover from her last radio oh, yeah, show. And she's like, sometimes you got to get the like, fuck out of town. How bro. do you end an episode of Frasier? That's yeah. probably what they were asking themselves when yeah. they were trying to get out of this one. We'll just have Martin Crane say some shit over the radio. Or Frasier Crane, rather. Usually you end episodes Martin of... Martin on the radio. That would be a disaster. You end f- episodes of Frasier by, like, Frasier chasing Eddie around the apartment while they just play the... Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy! After this break, Gross Point Blank enters Judgment Day. Quite nice! America's number one superhero team explodes in the home video screen in their very first major motion picture blockbuster, G.I. Joe the Movie. Premiering exclusively on home video, this brand new multi-million dollar film extravaganza is a masterpiece in mind-blowing animation techniques that make this feature unlike any G.I. Joe you've ever seen. superhero papers. This high-gloss spectacle introduces a whole new cast of kinetic characters that are sure to be a hit with kids across the country. You have nothing to fear but 
Falcon himself. Miami Vice Super Cop Don Johnson stars as the voice of Lieutenant Falcon, the playboy whose shenanigans land him in the slaughterhouse. I've been expecting you. Ruled by who else but that patriotic pain, the incredibly awesome Sergeant Slaughter. You're going to war till you wish you were dead. Then it's off to Cobra Land where the terrifying Galobolus, brilliantly voiced by Burgess Meredith, reveals his plan to destroy the minds of every human on Earth. This visible planet will be ours. <laughs> now, right in their own homes, kids everywhere can see if G.I. Joe can still save the day in this high-budget, high-voltage film showcase of their all-time favorite superheroes. And this is for the U.S. Army! Fasten your seatbelt for the supercharged motion picture debut of G.I. Joe the Movie. Lee Marvin's terrorizing a small western town. Liberty Valance, the toughest man south of the picket wire. Next to me. But John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart are determined to bring him to justice. What kind of man are you? This kind, dude. <laughs> You better start packing a handgun. I don't want to kill him. I want to put him in jail. Out here, a man settles his own problems. Pilgrim! I hate tricks, Pilgrim. But that's what you're up against with Valance. He's almost as fast as I am. tricks myself, so that makes us even. Either you get out of town, or tonight you'll be out in that street alone. John Ford's Western classic, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Nate, I tell you what, I went to that uh, rock and roll concert last night, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, rock and roll McDonald's. Yeah, and uh, that fucking John Spencer, he's a showman. Mm, he likes sure. to rock and roll. Yeah. And, uh, real... Still good without having a blues explosion. Oh, yeah, the hit makers with him. Yeah, sure. Uh huh. And it was uh, just a bunch of old studio musicians. No, it was Sam Coombs and Janet Weiss from Quasi. Okay. And then. Wow, a super group. Yeah. And then you also had the original, well, not the original, because the original drummer from Sonic Youth was the, the, the scummy uh, parking attendant in love Ferris Bueller. Guy. Yeah, I love that guy. But they had the guy after him, mm. and he was just banging on Another garbage classic. cans and shit. Sure. Yeah. But old John Cusack, or John Cusack, John Spencer, he's like, I like Say, to rock Cusack's and roll. Cusack's still hanging out in the neighborhood? Sure, 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 he's there. You he's know. on the Southport Corridor, he's pushing a, strollers? He's at a Cubs game or a Sox game, depending on whichever team he's pretending to be into at the he's time. He's just a fan of Major he's League mercurial. Baseball. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. Old Johnny Spencer's like, I'm going to rock and roll for a second. Uh, yeah, sure. And he's like, we were right up by the stage, and he was like, hey, man, I'm going to find the hottest chick, mm-hmm. and that's who I'm going to go rock and roll in front of first. Yeah, right. And he comes to my wife, right? Oh, wow. And I'm like, hell yeah. And I realized in that moment, like, I like going to concerts with her because she looks real nice. Sure. And it really makes me look like uh-huh. I've got money or something. Wow, yeah. And I don't. No. No. Yeah. You just found a broken human being and exploited her. Is what happened. Well, when you when you put those kinds of uh, words what, on it, uh, it doesn't sound no. as cool. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, like that's you your just opinion. tell people you have money. Like that's Should cool. I? Yeah, yeah, I tell people I just ah, tell people. Fuck it. No time for love, Doctor Jones. Oh shit! It's after midnight, and we've already let it all hang out. We're, you son of a gun. We're coming close to said the words. Recording a three-hour podcast about gross point blank here is, is what's going on. Fucking I think up. you're wrong. Let's get right into Judgment Day, the segment of the podcast where That's we uh, go out to the internet hours. and we 
talk to the public and we see what they had to say about the film that we watched. And then we uh, read a couple of one star reviews, a couple of five star reviews. We eventually give our final official thoughts and ratings about the movie. Read it like the micro machine, man. Matt, my first one star review is from a letterbox user named Firefly41. Oh, God. Put these together a while ago, so I don't remember what I'm dealing with here. I don't know exactly what condescending voice to do uh, at the beginning, so let's just get into it and see what develops. Do you think Firefly has to do with the TV show or the Mm, Bray Wyatt followers? Could be both. Could be just like, oh, this is kismet. Two of the things I love. Uh, I finally got an internet name. One, two, become one. And then 41, the year I was born. Hell yeah. It's good Firefly 41 says, "Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. This just isn't my kind of movie. I suppose my sense of humor might be stilted because I find most comedy movies inane and irritating. (laughs) I just can't get into them. More or less, the entirety of the gross point blank plot is entirely unfathomable. Even considering it's set in the 90s without the technology of today, Mm. it's lacking. Mm. It might have well been made as a cartoon for how realistic the story is. I suppose if you're a guy, the fight scenes might be good. Mm. However, I find the majority of intentional damage in the movies to be irritating. Mm-hmm. With this one being no exception. Blow up the convenience store, destroy your home with bullets, etc. Mm. I don't think that's cool or makes for a better movie. Kind of like unnecessary sex scenes. Oh, and the characters no the spineless psychologist the gorgeous ex-girlfriend just waiting around for him the rival hitman that dual personality secretary all of them were corny and somewhat creepy oh well they were and should we mention the old high school friend that just helped him dump a body with basically no questions or moral qualms bros before Gee whiz, no. All of them. What an unlikely cast. Yes, I know. Comedy. It's apparently not supposed to be anchored in reality at all. My final thoughts. Glad I watched for the cultural references. It, it, but it reiterated in me how much I dislike slapstick humor. One Ninja Star from Letterboxd user Firefly41. But I'm Firefly41 and I sure love... That's okay. That's your opinion, man. Let's uh, not pass. If you would have left it at like the first more. two sentences, I would have been like, "That's a good one star review." Yeah. I bet that's this. He's bitching about comedy. Mm. He's probably the same motherfucker that laughs at fucking Monty Python. Well, that shit. Me. I don't like those. Me. <laughs> I got one more one interview yeah. here from a fucking IMDb superstar. Somebody we've seen a lot on this podcast. Oh. I think CC the Movie Man. Oh, somebody, somebody we've talked about a lot. Who says, when it comes to movies, the public usually will give you a lot better idea about the merits of a film. Okay. I can't recall how many times I have seen a critic's favorite be a piece of garbage. Oh, While another film the critics dismiss was a big hit in a good movie to watch. Like Delta Farce. This is another example of one of those critics' favorites, one of those modern-day black comedies in which the humor is almost non-existence Mm. and the characters are mostly annoying. Make no mistake, Minnie Driver is annoying. Oh. Big time. And the female lead, Debbie Newberry, quote-unquote. Yeah. 
I like quirky characters in films, but if you don't pull it off right, those weirdos aren't funny. Okay. They are just dumb. Whoa. In Fargo, they are funny. Okay. In this, they are stupid. And if you were looking for good guy hitmen, maybe an oxymoron, stick with Jean Reno and Leon. Oh. Not John Cusack's character in this box office flop. Wow. Give the public credit. It has infinitely more sense than your daily newspaper critics. Wow. One ninja star from CC the Movie Man. <laughs> Makes some good points, maybe. Talks about some movies that I maybe like uh, better than this one. Flushed out pretty Similar well, movies man. that maybe I like better than this one. I don't know. Give I don't some, know. Give me some good flavor. Nothing's right. I'm torn. Right? Okay, man. Let's get to the five ninja star yeah. reviews here. The first one is from a letterbox user called Lennon Nolan. It's like okay. Lennon and Nolan, but all one word. Okay. They say, just rewatched this masterpiece. Wow. It's a constant struggle for me not to move it above Interstellar. This movie is perfect. It's funny, weird as hell, yet charming and endearing. I love the story between Martin and Debbie. And Martin, just a whole, as a whole, is one of my favorite characters of all time. This movie is criminally underrated. And I highly, highly suggest seeing it if you haven't. Brilliant! Update? It got promoted from fourth to third. Suck it, Interstellar! Five Ninja Stars from Letterboxd user Lennon Nolan. Nate. Yeah. Do you uh-huh. do you want my reaction to that one? I, yeah, that's the whole point of this. I, I need it. I will I will play it for you. Here's my reaction. Okay. My reaction is going to be Matthew McConaughey quiet crying into his hand in Interstellar. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, fifth greatest movie of all time and not the fourth? Yeah, oh, you're doing it. Yeah, you're nailing it. That's exactly what he looks like. That's my reaction oh, to that oh. one. Whew. Good review, though. Also brings up great points about how it compares ones. to Interstellar. About how good Interstellar is. Personal. Oh, or how how great we thought Interstellar Matt, was. I know we don't like to usually talk about professional critics. Yeah, no. Uh, we usually we go for like right. real people, like the, the users, not the people out there on publications. We're, yeah. we're not gatekeepers here. We don't, Salt of the we don't earth, want to say if you who will. can have an opinion, who can't. But I've got... Uh, a review from somebody you may have heard of oh. before. This is a five ninja star review from an IMDb user named Batman25. It's a kind of a big deal. He, uh, a lot of people don't realize he uh-huh. ghost wrote a lot of Gene Shalit's oh, shit. For sure, yeah. He's yeah. done a lot of work in the industry. Yeah. Batman25 says, John and Jeremy together again. Yeah, baby! How can you not love the chemistry between John Cusack and Jeremy Piven? That's a solid argument. The two work great together. Possibly because they've known each other so long. Or possibly because they are two of the best actors out there right now. I think it's a combo of both. Yeah. I love seeing them on the screen together and can't wait till they do it again. Mm. They mm. always come up with fresh, funny material. Yeah. Way to go, guys. Two thumbs way up for me. 
Five ninja stars. Surround to be user Batman25. I like that one. It uh-huh. made me feel happy. Sure, me but too. But now that it's over, I'm thinking about it, and I got mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. Because oh, I thought oh no. of something. Oh, no. Cusack. Yeah. Late 90s. He's doing right. this. He's doing oh, serendipity. Oh, man. He's doing some stuff. Doing fucking Con Air. He's got a little... Yeah, he's got... He, he had a little uh, resurgence in his career in the late 90s, oh, right? Yeah, Wouldn't for you sure. say? I would say Coming so, off indeed. being one of the 80s guys. And he, he fucking took care of Jeremy Piven. He puts him in all these 90s movies. In true Sandman fashion. Right? Who takes care of their boys? Cusack yeah. and Sandler. Fucking, I've always said that shit. What does Piven do? Makes it big on that fucking Entourage show. Oh, great. What does Cusack do? Yeah. Uh-huh. Not a lot. Yeah, that's true. Is Piven taking care of Cusack? What's he done since serendipity is what I've been asking myself. Piven getting Cusack on episodes of Entourage? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I didn't see much Entourage. I, no. I, Could have been there a lot. Yeah, Who knows? I, I didn't know. Maybe he's, not clear. Maybe he's a good it's guy. It's not clear. Uh, well, let me tell you, you what I saw him take him to a Blackhawks game. I'll no, tell you that much. No. He never never once. He was always happy to just be there with Hog and I and those mm, playmates. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, they were nice girls. He also a couple of those yeah. ice girls I'd see him talking yeah. to every once in a while. Right. He likes to spread it around. He does. Yeah. He had a really nice three-quarter suede coat on. Wow. Yeah, he looked good. Maybe, you think maybe it was that tan coat Martin Blank wears in uh, this movie? You think, so, you think it was, Cusack might have it was tan, sent but it, it was, down to it him? Three a little quarter. hand-me-down? Okay. Three-quarter to the knee. Sure. Made it down okay. far. Oh. Sounds nice. A little I different mean, cut. Cusack's taller. I'm saying Cusack's it could be, way taller. could be at the waist That's on true. Cusack. You're down, right. Down That's a very good point. I see. I, I'm connecting those dots now, and you might be right. Yeah, it think, was the same coat. I think, I think we're connecting with Stage worn movie prop. I can't believe happening. I was there with it. That's big. That's big. I think I heard that thing's hanging in a planet Hollywood now. Which one? The, uh, the one Cancun? in Florida or the one in Cancun? Ah. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, Nate, this movie, oh, man. Final yeah, thoughts. Yeah, fuck yeah. Mid-star this movie, ratings. dude. Let's get into it. I was a big fan of this one as well. Oh, yeah. In 97. Back in I'm watching it as a young Ute. You yeah, know like what I'm really saying? It really nailed the zeitgeist of the time. Yeah, yeah. So what we were looking yeah. for in 1997. And uh, going back on it now with some fresher eyes, with some educated eyes, with a little more mature eyes. Uh, different Betty things, Davis eyes? You know, be, oh, definitely yeah. Betty mm-hmm. Davis eyes. Whenever I watched this, I was either still in a high school, and the last time I watched it, I was in like my early twenties. Oh, man, I can't wait till I get to high school. Now I'm way past fucking ten year reunions, way past, and on to fucking past. twenty year reunions, and I blew fucking right past this movie without even realizing because I just thought they were way older. Mm. And uh, some things got me, some things didn't. Cusack, man. What a genius fucking idea of a film where they're like, let's just get an 80s movie heartthrob mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. put him in an 80s movie, but he's a put professional a bunch of 80s killer. 80s nostalgia throughout yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And we'll have the guy people are nostalgic for. Well fucking done. Um, it's, it's a cute shout out to all his 80s work in the same way that... Uh, the fucking record store one kind of is too, like but way like, less uh, obnoxious. And there's wedding singer yeah, too. Like we were go. ready for some eighties yeah. nostalgia right here. And this one does a great job. Uh, never been a fucking mini driver fan Me either, but 
good God, did I want to uh, oh, witness her naked like about to get dirty here. in this oh, film. Oh, okay. uh, she did She yeah. did some things for me. Wow, okay. And it could just be that... That took a turn. could just be the old uh, ding and dent sale, you know, oh, used yeah. goods. She was putting, you know? out, putting out some real uh, yeah. damaged goods energy in this thing, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's like catnip for a certain sort of person. Yeah, and I've... No, sort of the person that likes that sort of thing. Hard to pin like that, that sort of thing. person down, but they exist. And, uh, man... Uh, Arkin's good. Everybody that shows up's good. It's a little too cute, whatever, for mm. me, but a lot of it works. I'm very mm. torn on this one. Party Nothing's wants right. to give it a whole four bullets, but like, I think it could be shorter. I think some of it's a little heavy, ham fisted. Mm. And I just got to settle into three and a half. Really, really like it, but it's okay. not without its okay. warts. I think that's very fair. Very fucking, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this is great. I think yeah. like, this is a great judge judgment for yeah. you. I'm, I'm on board with this. I can see where you're coming yeah. from. You've articulated a, gr- a lot of great points. I like it. But yeah. if you don't, I hear you. Sure. So, uh, this movie has a couple of legit good action scenes. Uh, it has a real character arc, which we don't usually yeah. get. Yeah. All the main performances are good, with a couple of the specific pairings having great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Would have liked to have seen a lot more of a couple of those pairings, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is similar to what you were just saying about uh, Cusack. Where was he? Where was uh, Piven picking up? I wrote, was this the last time Cusack was likable on screen? Because he's, he's always kind of cocky, but you're supposed to like him. Yeah. And I think kind of more often than not, yeah. I don't like him. And I'm like, well, he's just a cocky dick. Like, when, like in High Fidelity that everybody loves. I'm like, I wouldn't want to be in a room with this guy. I hate watching two hours of this guy talking. This is miserable. <sighs> he's You can tell when he's engaged. Yeah. And when he's not. Mm-hmm, and when mm-hmm. he's not, he just comes off yeah. as just... Infamous dickhead. Yeah. As far as people who actually have to work with him. Right. <laughs> Maybe every once in a while, not so much. When he gets enough of the big eyes and it's cute yeah. and, the, and and it's just like, you've got this confidence, but where's it based out of, sir? Mm. And, it, and we're all in on the same gag. Good Sorry. dialogue. Go uh, there's a smattering of laughs, enough to keep things going throughout. I never feel a dragon because enough of the jokes fucking hit. I think it's totally solid all around. Works for me. I think it's very weird that it comes from a director who I've never fucking heard of and a writer who never like got any other fucking like uh, yeah. shit going on. Yeah, uh, Maybe a hero director here because I, I got sort of a oh, little quote from him about okay. making this movie. Uh, you know how we always love to watch a fucking 90-minute movie, especially yeah, when do. it's a breezy fucking comedy. Director George Armitage here says about making this movie, the script when I met with Cusack and the writers was 132 pages. Whoa. I said, look, I'm not doing anything over 100 pages. Nice. They said, okay, and did a rewrite, and it came back 150 pages. Shit. So I said, okay, you guys are fired. Nice. And I spent most of pre-production rewriting the screenplay, getting it down to 102 pages. Then we would improvise, and I noticed that some of the stuff I'd cut out was in the improvs that they were bringing back from stuff I'd cut out of the script, but we had a good time (laughs) with it. So... Basically, they were on set. These fucking actors were trying to get their shit in, and George Armitage was just trying to nah. make as close to a 90-minute movie as he could. Nah, it's not going to work for I me. I think he got close enough, and I like the fucking free-flowing weirdness of just like, well, why did he do that? Why did he do that? That was a weird little character beat. Uh, this is one that I find very rewatchable, that you can just throw yeah, on at any point and just like have it going. 
I enjoyed it. I'm going to go that full four fucking ninja stars you couldn't go. Just a little baby dick above you. Fucking, you're at three and a half. I'm going to go at four. Nate, I think this is a feel-good favorite Nate, for me. I'm backing that truck up, uh-huh. and I'm giving it the four beep, full. Beep. Oh, you're now going that, all the way? Now that I hear that Holy Mr. Shit. Armitage was like, you're Holy all up shit. your asses. That's right. Like, let's just make this shit shorter. Love it. I like that. Uh, I fucking, fucking respect that. That's this, a, is, this is what this a, Judgment Day segment's all about. That's a big dick Just move. like a give and a, a, a take of yeah. my little fucking ideas. That's, a, that's an important piece of information there. Uh, very important. I respect that man's work now. Okay. Like it des- it's deserved of four. I respect us for being just so Hell good yeah. at rating movies. Hell yeah. Matt, next week we got a, a big one here. We're doing anniversaries the entire month of April. It's got to be a huge one, Something man. came out 35 years ago that I know is near and dear to your heart. Something kind big of a to formative cinema, film. Uh, yeah. Also, it's going to be a big milestone for uh, Baby One Blow as it's the first animated feature we're ever going to talk about. Whoa. I don't know. This, this is a big... We might need to bring in like a, a special star. guest for this one or what? something. We might have to find somebody who's got like a lot of loud, nerdy opinions about comic books and cartoons and oh, shit. I shit. don't know. I, oh we'll, man, we'll, we'll, we'll put up the bat signal. I don't yeah, know. We're gonna, hard we're gonna try something. No promises, yeah. but uh, I thought you had like Ted coming no, to the no, show. No, nothing, nothing, hey, nothing he's concrete. A, he's I'm just a saying, big fan of the property. We'll okay, maybe we'll, Huge maybe there's fan. gonna be a couple. Fucking, we'll see. Should what we happens. get a panel? Oh, maybe we'll have a whole panel oh, of guests next week as we talk about 35th anniversary of 1987's. G.I. Joe, the movie, motherfucker. Shit. Another Don Johnson flick. I was going to (laughs) say, it's fucking American Heroes. It's Don Johnson. Fucking leave your Transformers at home because we ain't got time for that shit. But join us next week because it's baby oil and blow. Stay single. It's a long road when you're They tear your dreams apart And every new town Just seems to bring you down Trying to find peace of mind Can break your heart It's a Use a friend